Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. I am ready. Uh, well, good, because I just hit record. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. And... And I'm Papa Bear. Yeah, we got Papa Bear back for another special guest appearance. The the myth, the legend, the the thing that is Papa Bear is back. All right, and tonight I we're talking. What? I was yeah. I was told I. Yeah. You were an honored guest. I was told to come back. We were we yes that was right. We were asked <laughs> to come back. We didn't tell you. We said would you come back, and you agreed. Or not? Said, okay. He said, "Sure, fine. What am I doing? It's just." But hey, wait, what he didn't tell you is that we're doubling his pay. We we are from last time double. Yep. And uh, if you're on again, it'll be treble. Does that mean I get two uncrustables now? I know where you can find some, and they're delicious. <laughs> but today is Friday, November the thirteenth. So happy Friday the thirteenth, everybody. And um, we're here to give our recap of uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, uh, Chapter 11, which is Episode 3 of the season, Chapter 11 called The Heiress, and it is awesome. Um, even though this episode's only 35 minutes long, there is a ton of stuff in it, so so far our shortest of the season. But first there's news, I think. Is there news, Tim? Yeah, we got a little bit of news. Bit? Uh, not exactly news, but more just uh, some information to discuss, and I think we've gone over this a little bit, but I just wanted a little reminder. What's the difference about, between news and information? Uh, it's not current events. It's a history lesson. History can be news, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not presenting <laughs> current events. I'm presenting a history lesson that will lead us into short-term future events. <laughs> Why do you always derail us like this? <laughs> so what's what's your what's your current what's your non-current event history lesson? What is Life Day? Oh, you know, I think for each of us, there's a different answer. Um, for me, it's uh, well, it's all about the day and the life and uh, and Chewie being a bad dad. Um, Chewie's a bad dad. So Life Day is is centered around family. It's a time for Ironic. a reunion of family. It's a time to celebrate hope and to work toward and celebrate peace. Okay. Um, started on Kashyyyk. Yeah. And it's relevant, and I'm just going to say our first countdown because I'm going to, and then we can get back into our regular intro news, um, because Four days from now? Correct. Wait a minute. That, is, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, four days from now is uh, is Wookiee Life Day. Yeah, Life November Day is 17th. in four days. Holy yep, cow. November 17th. And on that day, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, for which the trailer is available. We talked about that last time. Yep. Trailer's out there. Um, it's here. It's coming. Four days from now. And the trailer looks... If you like the Lego Star Wars stuff, it looks just as hilarious and brilliant as the other ones. Yep. And, and I... You know, this is the uh, the American use of the word brilliant. Um, I think the British started using it, didn't they? With the brilliant. 
Right, they did. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm using it in an American sense. Uh, meaning it's actually um, very smart. Right. Um, <laughs> the not because it's American, but just the way we use the word. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we yes, <laughs> like the, the um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is that the writing and the for the humor of Star Wars, if you are you know involved in all the movies and the TV shows and stuff, the Lego shows do a really, really good job of, of adding in just perfect humor for, for what they are. Yeah, I agree. Um, Family-friendly, and the adults can watch, you know, who are big Star Wars fans and really get a kick out of some of the stuff they do. Heck yeah. Um, so that's what's happening. Wookiee Life Day is coming in four days. All right, but before we get into the rest of our countdowns, we've got some, uh, we've got some, some shout-outs here. We do always have shout-outs. Do you have some in particular in, in mind? No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, other than our typical, I mean, I got one, uh, Dennis uh, wrote, the guy, same guy who wrote about the uh, way they killed the crate Dragon in the comic books, he just wrote to say that he said that this, uh, today's episode, uh, chapter 11, is the greatest episode to date of Mandalorian, change my mind, was his uh, challenge. So I thought that was kind of cool, um, like, wrote it, like, pretty early this morning, because I guess he knows that, uh, well, all three of us, including Papa Bear... I assume you get up early, Papa Bear, and watch it, because by, like, 7 o'clock, you're sending me messages that would otherwise be spoilers. So, is Papa Bear still there? I'm, I'm clairvoyant. He's, like, your last name's Voyant? Yeah, my first name's Claire. Hi, Claire. Hey, Claire. My, uh, that's not a funny joke. All right, well, so, yeah. We got our shout-outs. Thanks to uh, uh, Gordon Shasta Mandalorian Mangold. I was talking to Gordon today on the phone, actually, and he was uh, <laughs> he was saying that he, he hasn't been that, that involved in our podcast lately because he felt like we were doing such a good job running it on our own. So I didn't know what to think about that. But, uh, he, but uh, he, still, he still takes the check every month, you know? Not only that, but um, he's... Happy with our numbers. He's uh, he was talking about how impressed he is with the numbers. So uh, that's thanks to the audience. So uh, you know, as always, shout out to y'all for listening. Um, and while we're on that topic, if you do enjoy the show, please do us a big favor: leave us a five star review on iTunes, or uh, you know, just make sure you hit subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, it's how we grow the show on iTunes. Is specifically how many reviews you get, and if they're written reviews, such as "Hello there," um, then that helps even more. So if you could take a minute to do that, that helps us quite a bit, and I am happy to see that, uh, you know, with The Mandalorian Season 2 out, we are, of course, seeing a rise in numbers. So I'm really enjoying it. I love the idea that uh, you know, Star Wars communities out there kind of enjoying this whole brave new world together. Yay! So Arden's the only one I left out. Um, did you want to say something spe- you know, specific about Arden? I know he did some extra work for you, Tim. Yeah, we've got, um, I think we talked about it last time, we've got some... Has it changed? Okay. Anyway, uh, we got some. Uh, <laughs> turn your volume down. We got some. Oh no, you're redlining, dude. I put this microphone a little farther away. Is there that you go. All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're we're still working on uh, getting four store comics and uh, a couple of unch- other uh, ventures up and running, and and Arden has been working hard on providing us with some music for that. So he has he has taken that excuse away from me. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's time for for everything to get get up and rolling. 
So big, big special thanks to Arden for all his work. Good old Arden. Um, Alright. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, do, do I have a treat for us, though? Uh, Want to guess? No. Is the answer no? No, you don't have a treat for us. It's <laughs> a good guess, but uh, fortunately wrong. Because Papa Bear? Yes. Go ahead and tell him. Tell him what? Is that your dog I hear in the background? So one of y'all, can we tell the names of your dogs on the, on the air? It's, it's, it's not my dog. My dog's not in the garage with me. So I mean the studio. The, the <laughs> <laughs> well, what a nice studio. Um, it's a studio garage. Um, you can build cars and record. Um, so that must be the... Uh, both y'all's dogs have Star Wars names. Mine is the only one that doesn't. So that's kind of funny. No, yeah. what, I, what I have is... Um, I, I think have we've a, talked about my dog's name. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we have that time. His in. name is Mando. Because one time we heard a no, yep, and then the microphone <laughs> fell over, and it was dead air on your end. Yeah, <laughs> and that was awesome. One of the best moments of our podcast history, to be honest. Um, what's your dog's name, Papa Bear? Uh, our current dog's name is Chewbacca de Porg. <laughs> nice. I didn't know. But we the call last we, we we call him Chewy. I figured. Nice. Uh, well, might as well share my dog's name is Danger Zone, which uh, always, you know, when we first moved here, we've had new neighbors and you're standing at your door yelling, Danger. <laughs> <laughs> it causes issues. Danger! Or when the UPS man drives up and I start yelling, Danger, <laughs> at him. And this happens quite a bit ever since uh, quarantine. UPS or, you know, Amazon people drive up and I'm always yelling, Danger! Danger! <laughs> <laughs> but no, you sincerely need another dog now. Oh, I didn't think about that. The next you, dog's name is going to be Hot Diggity. So your next dog's name needs to be Will Robinson. Well, <laughs> well, you need them both. You need both dogs. Yeah. All right. So no, I have a sponsor, but it's we. It's not. Well, you'll hear. Are you ready? I was You're, born ready. You were, yeah, you were born ready because everyone wants to be bloody, naked, screaming, toothless. That's what we all call ready, apparently. Um, well, here it goes. Two chicks eggs here. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Did you know that we're now offering spaceship coverage? Giant spider leg, fly-through windshield, covered. Paint chips from hitting a meteor? Covered. Car paint messed up from your ex egging your car? Mm, that one's going to cost you. We don't cover egg-related problems. Nice. If we don't hear from you, don't worry. We'll call you tomorrow. And the next day. 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 <laughs> We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Nice. They, they just call me today. They call me every day. They're they're not lying. Um, they don't cover egg damage. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, maybe uh, we should answer next time and ask. Um, sounds like a sounds like a ploy. It sounds like they sell eggs but don't cover egg damage. It's a. I seem to recall last week they actually said something about egging your ex-boyfriend's something, house or car or something. Stop. Um, what? 
Saab. Saab. I don't know if you mean like the Swedish car or if you mean like I should cry more. Uh, both. <laughs> Saab. All cry right. like your Saab was egged. Saab like your Saab was egged. Saab like Saab your is Swedish, Saab. right? S-A-A-B, that sounds Swedish to me. Um... That's how we spell sweet. Let's do countdowns. Um, Tim already started, unless you have more news, Tim. I do I not. mean, the news I have is kind of incorporated into the episode, and I'm not really going to go into any anything like uh, cast news or anything, but the episode really does hint at some potential big things coming. Um, so we'll get into some of that as we uh, do our walkthrough. But all right, with the countdown, Tim's already hit the first uh, two, which is to say Wookiee Life Day and Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which is a Tuesday, which is kind of unfortunate because I want to make it a big day with like uh, my youngest daughter. Because, again, I've, I've said this before, but um, it just means a lot to me. I mean, not to get all sappy because you know I'm a sappy guy at heart. You both know me personally, and you know I'm a very sappy man. Um, I cry at everything. Um Especially at you know, at when I see them. Um, anyway, the my daughter though she uh, my youngest uh, you know she's 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 an early teen so she's at that point in life where you kind of expect them to start moving away. My oldest was like that, and we all get along well, but you know it's just natural for teens to pull away from you. Um, but anyway, she uh, she is a kid who will sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon if you let her, but she loves. What does that sound? What was what sound? I heard a kid talking. That's IG88. Oh my goodness, he did not sound like Taiko Waititi to me. Um, anyway, my my daughter's uh, she loves it when I wake her up at uh like four fifty or five o'clock in the morning, and we go down and watch the Mandalorian together, and like so this is the third time we've done it, you know, third week of Mandalorian, and yeah, this, same this, here. Yeah, this morning she was just like, "Thank you so much, I love this time so much," and. Dude, that's just awesome. That is um, awesome. So I want to enjoy Wookiee Life Day with her and sit down and watch the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special and have it to be something like the Great Pumpkin type thing uh, with Charlie Brown. Um, that would be a neat little tradition to start. All right, so that's our, our first countdown. Our second countdown, Tuesday, January 5th, 53 days away, is Star Wars The High Republic books. Yeah. What's and next? Tuesday, again, we got a lot of Tuesdays. I, I I didn't realize that before. A lot of Tuesdays in a row here. Uh, Tuesday, May 4th. Is yeah. 172 days away. That's obviously Star Wars Day. Yahoo! And then uh, Monday, May 31st, Star Back Wars... Back the Legos. Yeah. Lego, the Skywal uh, Skywalker Saga, the game, 199 days. Tuesday, another Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, 354 days away, so just under a year away, is Star Wars The Mandalorian, an original novel, and um, I'm really excited about that one too, but that's a long ways away. Star Wars Celebration is more of a fan uh, service thing, because I don't see myself ever being able to get out to it, but maybe if they ever come, you know, we're on the East Coast, that they're out there in Anaheim, California. That's going to be Thursday, August 18th, 2022. So that's two years away, 643 days. I think and it was in Chicago not long ago. Uh, that's right, it was. Because um, listening to uh, the podcast, I always shout out to Star Wars in Character. Two of their uh, two of their cast members went to it in Chicago. Yep. Um, 
Anyway, so then the new trilogy episodes, who knows anything about them, nobody. December 16th, 2022 is the first one, but, you know, that's 763 days. And who knows if I'll even be here in 763 days. You never know what tomorrow brings. You know, kids, the, the past is over. The future hasn't come yet, but today is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. Huh? Ah, that's why it's called the present. <laughs> Papa Bear's still here. This is harder when we're not in person, isn't it? It took Tim and I a while to get used to this. Yeah, it did. Well, this this is kind of your, your spiel. This is where you have, like, I've seen how the sausage was made, or I heard it. Unrelated. And uh, <laughs> I, I know it's best to just let you do your thing now. So Unrelated. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more later. <laughs> What do you what do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about episode fifty three of our certain point of view in chapter eleven. Oh, Papa Bear! Before we get started, yes. I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've been getting the messages. I get the memo. I just don't need the memo. All right. So, what do you want to talk about about chapter eleven, Tim? Did anything happen? First of all. Well, I already said how long it was. Who wrote it? The, uh, this was John Favreau again. Yeah. Uh, do you know who directed it? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Outstanding. Somebody did their homework this week. And what else did she direct, Tim? Uh, the last episode? No, no. No, she didn't. She did the episode with... Uh... That's correct. Yeah. Uh, the Sanctuary. Yeah, my dog and cat are freaking out because I was making that noise. Uh, she did episode four. Okay. Uh, she. <laughs> I don't have any response to that. Um, <laughs> she did episode four of last season, the first season, uh, called Sanctuary, the one, you know, the very pastoral setting. Um, yeah, this I like one, Sanctuary. Yeah, it was a good episode. They've all been good episodes. Um, and again, Dennis argues this is the best, and I'm... I'm not. I'm not gonna say he's wrong, but I can't tell how much of it's just me excited about. Like, there's so much in this episode that I'm excited about. Uh, first of all, it confirmed a lot of what I already like was speculating on. So this is a very big episode for me to say, see, see, see. Um, but let's start with the recap, which is my first see, see. Uh, the very first scene of the recap is. Have the- you ever removed your helmet? The armorer asked that question, and what did I talk about? Was on the armorer's helmet. The mall spikes, yes. Mandalorian spikes, which is a sign of the Death Watch at the end during the purge and the end of the uh, in the end of Mandalore, the fall yeah. of Mandalore. Um, so it looks like I was right, and I'd said when we when we first speculated on this, I'm like, there's no way Dave Filoni accidentally puts horns on a Mandalorian helmet, no, uh, or Dave just Filoni doesn't do anything by accident. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, we have confirmation that these guys are from the Death Watch. Uh, not only that, but one of the guys in the... Uh, well, he's played by John Favreau, not the voice acting, but he was in the, the suit. John Favreau in that fight... Um, uh, shoot, I forgot which episode that was of last season, but when the Mandalorians reveal themselves, uh, his name is Vizula, which was the leader... Uh, I don't remember what his first name was, but the, the leader of the Death Watch... Pre- now, pre was the leader. This guy that John Favreau played... Yeah, you're right, that pre He's related to him somehow. John Favreau's character that we saw in uh, on the TV show, The Mandalorian. Is that, it, is that his father? It's his son, I would assume, because this is like 20 oh. years later. Um, 
so yeah, this is probably a child of Previsula or a nephew or something. Um, but either way, these are Death Watch guys. Yeah, they um, are. So and now we have confirmation finally, and I've and I'm already like getting ahead of myself. So the recap doesn't really show much other than to remind you that the armor asks about did you take off your helmet, and he said no, and she says this is the way. And then it goes back to kind of recap what happened, how the how the razor crest gets all blown. Right, and then the and then the damaged ship. That's all I've got written too. Yep. Like those and are the two big things we needed. Limp to Trask, and then it goes straight to the uh, to the intro. That's what is... I've got here too. Limping through space. Yep. It's... Whoa. <laughs> okay. That that's sound like Shanae O'Connor and a picture of the Pope there. Um, does anyone get that reference? Yes. Okay. I get it. I'm, I'm old like you. That's true. Uh, I don't, but you're but not as, not old, as old, old as me. As... No, you're, you're like yeah. a cu- couple, not... three years older or younger than me, and then Tim's like 20 years younger than me. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I bet. Let's um, make that true. I'm not 20 years younger than him. Well, I've been dieting, though, you know. Well, I'm trying to yeah. get down to my original weight. Your original weight? Seven pounds six ounces. <laughs> not a, a lightsaber. Not a soup. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, but the uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, is uh, one of her real strengths that she brings us. You know, she directed Jurassic World. Um, uh, imagery is just gorgeous. And that scene as they fly over the gas uh, giant planet and you see the moon of, of Trask. It's gorgeous, and of course the the broken uh, ship, Razor Crest. It's 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 a mess, and you hear um, um, the Mandalorian Din Djarin say, "Dink Farrick. Did you remember what that was? I had to look it up. They say it twice in this episode. Yeah, I thought it was just a like, darn it. Yeah, it's a curse. It's a Star yeah. Wars generic curse. I I thought well, not, maybe. Not- Curse, just frustration. If we call it a curse, then we can't use it in every setting. But if we just call it a frustration, then we can. It's a gosh darn it. That's right, see? Um, Dank Farrick. Well, of course, there's a child in there with him, so why would he curse? Right. Um, and it's on Wikipedia. Now, Wiki- for Dank Farrick, there's something that I found really interesting. Really? Because um, I, I thought this was fairly straightforward. What did you find? Just... It, so the first time I watched it, honestly, the first time I watched it, I had the subtitles on, and I keep regretting that. The first time I, I watched the episode, I need to start watching it without the subtitles, and then the second time have them on. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't like some of the things that it does. But Yeah, it gives you the I'm names a, of people before you're supposed to know. It does. Um, but beyond that, it, it in this episode in particular, it brings up some weird stuff. So as they're all waking up, yeah, when the alarms start going off... The best part. It of says, up. "It says, Frog Lady grunts." That so that's her? all we're getting for her. She's Frog Lady. Like that's her official. Yeah. That was, the last name. episode it was too. Frog. Yeah. Frog Man. And Frog Man. And then is, Frog Man comes up, which was the original Navy Seals. Anyway, oh yeah, happy late Veterans Day if you're an American veteran. You know what, if you're a veteran of any country. I don't know yeah. if other countries celebrate Veterans Day, but America just had Veterans Day November 11th, which is the anniversary of the end of World War One. So you know what, happy Veterans Day to everyone, because that was a worldwide war. Um, there you go. What are we doing? So Frogman <laughs> and Frog Lady. Yeah, so that, Frog that's... Frog Lady a- grunts. Well, and that's the cold open, because um, then they're, yeah, they start to come in, um... Well, that's not all of it. Now we're still we're we're into the re-entry here. 
That's not in the cold open. Yeah, it is. When he says Dank Farrick, um, then it... Doo-doo. No. Um, at least it's strap yourselves in. It's going to be a rough re-entry. But the re-entry no. happens during, after the cold open, after they show the name of the show. Nope. The heiress. Nope. I disagree. Huh. Well, one of us is right and one of us is not. And Papa Bear, which one is it? Well, let's not jump the manicore. It's okay. I'm hitting play it, right First now, of all, it's right? called a mama core. It is called a mama core. A mama core? Yeah, I had to look that up. Um, I thought it was the mana core. It's a mama core? It's a mama core. We'll have to talk about that when we get to it. Um, but okay. The when do you when do you think the cold open ends? There it is. Uh, right after the the humorous part. The moment that he hits the water. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I wrote down my notes weird. Well, he lands it, and then and then there's like a refire, and it like shoots off. Yeah. I, I knew immediately, like when he goes four feet off the ground, and he, he, he made some comment, and I was like, oh, no. And it, it, sure enough, it fired and fell over into the water, which was awesome. And in the yeah. background, did you notice what was in the background? So that is the cold open. Right, and before that, and this is what I wanted to talk about. This is why I was trying to stop you from jumping ahead, because I didn't know if you were going to skip it. The manual re-entry was a really cool scene. It was. Like, we haven't seen this. I don't think we've seen this in Star Wars. I mean, we sort of saw it in... It's in the novels where they talk about, like, the jump troopers. Do you remember those guys? Yeah, and we kind of saw it in Revenge of the Sith when they were coming in. Yeah. But it still didn't... It didn't have that full, like, like, coming from space re-entry feeling like you get out of astronaut movies and this one really like had a that space shuttle yeah yeah and it was it's really like cool they shuttle. did a they did a really good job i liked i liked everything they did with it and then you know when they got to the bottom and they did that falling off the dock yeah it was one of those situations that these guys can do where it's it's star wars humor done right yeah I, you know yeah. like it's just it's funny but it it's not but you're like, oh, the engine, you know, crapped out. Like, it happened. It makes sense that it happened. And we the, know what the ship's going through. It was the same engine that was, you know, puttering along the whole trip. Yep. And it finally just blew. So it was, like, perfect. Gave us a little bit of humor, but didn't take anything away. Um, we'll talk about some other Star Wars humor in a little bit here. That I, Well, I like the, I Mon, the Mon Calamari just standing there with his arms crossed. <laughs> that was kind of hilarious that they kept going back to his face. And he's watching this whole thing. What were you Every saying, time we see that guy, I can't get a read. It, it, it seemed like he had seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. did seem like, oh boy, here comes one of those. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome scene though, and I love because so there, there we end the uh, cold, cold open. Um, am I right? Yeah. All right. So now we're uh, the Mandalorian chapter eleven, the heiress. Yes. And that name made me excited. And then I, I wondered, halfway through it, like, I knew what they meant by that. Um, right. But I was like, okay, if you're not a fan of the Clone Wars cartoons, you might not, or Rebels, then you might not know what this is. But then later they do explain it. Um, they do a good job of summarizing it. Yeah, they do. But you could still, if you are a fan, going back and watching them will make it so much better for was, you. But if you yes. haven't watched The Clone Wars, you can make it through okay. I think they did a really, really great job with the way they explain it later on. So Well, they're picking this up even more from like the last part of Rebels. But anyway, yeah. we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. All right, so um, what do we see first? Um, 
Well, we see the frog lady comes out and he, No, before that. He comes out and talks to the guy about fixing it. Before that. You're talking about what's in the background, aren't you? I'm talking about what's in what's what what's pulls in the, the ship foreground. out of the water. Yes. Well, there's two of them. There's one in the background, and then there. Yeah, it's. A, I don't know if it's a repurposed. Or that's what I've got written. Yeah. It looks like a repurposed ad ad. Yeah, that was so cool because um, on my second watch, I noticed there's actually two of them. There's one in the foreground doing the actual work, you know, pulling the razor crest out. But there's also one in the background, just like just there. So these are what they're using them for. So that was really really cool. So, yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it was. If it was truly repurposed, it would make sense considering it would sort of make sense, except that there's an, you know, we find out very shortly that there's an imperial presence. Um, yeah, but they don't control this, the planet. That's that's clear that they don't actually control it. They might be able to push it around, but they don't control it. Yeah. But well, it's still weird that there would be. A, anyway, but it, it's it definitely seems like a repurposed ad at. Yeah, that was cool. That was so cool. There. I'd like and, to see if the if whatever was making up the body almost looked like it was a different ship. Yeah, it did. Mounted on top of it, and then yep. the crane mechanism was put on it as well. So I'd like to see if we could find what that ship was, it if it re- was something. It reminds me of the opening scene, opening part of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, when he's yeah. on that scrap planet, and they're yeah taking apart old uh, ships from the Old Republic and yeah and rebuilding stuff and yeah, you see a weird medley of ships and stuff that are kind of yeah salvaged yeah it's pretty cool, cool. stuff uh, i love i love the mon calamari guy he's he says the the mandalorian is can you fix it do you remember his answer i can make it fly he said fix it no but i can make it fly <laughs> i immediately thought of my motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> can i fix it no but i can make it run uh-huh. Um, I thought that was a great answer because there is a difference. Um, and then he says, and I'll fuel it up if it still holds fuel. <laughs> and he ends up, uh, so the Mandalorian gives him what we find out later is a thousand credits. Um, and Frog Lady sees her husband, which I thought was oddly coincidental. I don't know if they're somehow able to get a message that, hey, we should be here about this time at this well, location. Well, she was, yeah, she was out there yelling out, and I don't know if they were... There had to be something going on there. I thought that too, but she was yelling for him, and he was yelling back. Did you read what it, what the what the subtitle said here? I I thought it just said alien language or something. No, it said Frogman shouting in frog. Oh well, yeah, that, that's okay. So I got that wrong. <laughs> shouting, frogman, wait a minute, frogman, shouting literally shouting. in frog, in frog, everyone. <laughs> so, another joyous part of the subtitles for this episode. I enjoyed it. Papa Bear? It just seems like he went from not understanding anything about Frog to, like, understanding everything. Well, he spent, like, probably two weeks in that cockpit with her. Or yeah, more. all they talked about was probably eggs. And how you can't eat them? Eggs. But, oh, speaking of which, so Frog Lady finds her husband, and what does the Mandalorian instantly say to Baby Yoda when she runs off? Well, he kind of, he kind of like, like, whimpers looking at the eggs. Yeah. And he says, I know you're hungry. Yeah. We'll find you some food. Yeah. So it's, I think it's clear to him. And this is something I was going to bring up later on. And I think I'm comfortable bringing it up now. We can just talk about it so we can get into the like, real. Well, before you do this, goes back to last time we kind of had a disagreement on whether this was a sign of Baby Yoda being evil. And I'm like, nah, he's, he's evil. And you two are like, nah, this guy needs sustenance. It kind of lends itself to your argument that he he is hungry. Um, uh, it 100% yeah. does. And that's that's... Actually, there's a couple of things. This will take us a little bit off topic, but 
but it'll stay completely pretty much within the episode. This has happened. Um, the internet has been going nuts over the the child eating eggs. I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen this or not. There That's are people trying to like boycott the show. Baby Yoda canceled amid accusations of genocide. From, yeah. So and other yeah. people are last other people week's are egg very episode. Quick. Yep, egg eating yeah. episode. Yep. The, so there this is, is from a, Vanity Fair, by the way. Yeah, but but the reality is there is a direct um, relationship between the frog lady and the eggs. Yes. However, in any other circumstance, like any. National Geographic show, you see something walk up to a nest and eat the eggs, you're like, well, it's hungry, it ate eggs. Yeah. Um, if you wake up in the morning and you crack eggs open, those are just, you know, unfertilized eggs that you're but Those are human open. eggs, Tim. Well, I understand. <laughs> I understand the, the difference there. Typically. But the child, the child does not. <laughs> um, and this becomes really, really clear Man. Later on, so I want to jump into a couple of things real quick. Wait a second, talk... wait, 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 Papa Bear, you're on, you're on Tim's side on this, aren't you? I'm not sure what side he's on. Meaning that <laughs> the baby, I've been, is not... I've been stopped from my. Well, before you go further, I want to clarify well... that ba- the baby's not necessarily culpable because he's too young to understand the consequences. Am I understanding I you he's... correct? I think the baby's just hungry, and he's going to eat whatever, you know, he's ravenous. He's, and additionally, he's, because he's so he's young, satiable. he doesn't... Well, that's fine, but I mean, so is Jeffrey Dahmer. But I mean, y'all's point is is that he doesn't understand what he's doing. Am I, I, okay. I think I think instinct is taking over more okay. than anything else. Um, I think he has a level of intelligence and a level of understanding, but instinct is taking over. It's become clear throughout the episode that he seems to favor, um, you know, like... I, I, I know that I know frog isn't seafood, but but things that are seafood like or amphibians, yeah. Um, I mean that's that's just the way it it seems to play out. So we see in this episode later on he says, "Don't eat them," and, I, and I'm going to jump straight into the fact that um, we do see a, a one of these eggs hatch, and. He, he, goes, he, goes, he gives a stern no. You know what I'm talking about. He says, yeah, he, he says, mind your, I wrote down the quote, mind your manners, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and, he, yeah. and he does, and he's fine. He walks right up, puts his hand on it. The It hatches yep. right out of the egg, and he seems very amazed by that, like a child would be seeing a new a new animal or something. Well, yeah, the and then later I saw on, someone give birth, I was kind of uh, put out. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and then the and then later on we see the 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 frog tadpole, slightly larger, whatever, like out and about in a bowl of water and he's playing with it with the mom and the dad there. Yep. And you've literally and he's very to the excited end of the and very playful. I, I know, so I said I'm gonna jump across the eggs and do the whole egg thing so we can get into what's really important in this episode. I wanna cool, do all this right enough. now. Um, but what we see, because it makes the point there Sweet that God. the he's he was eating. He wasn't. He didn't go after the the um, frog when it was out there. He was playing with it and, and petting it and, and hanging out with it. And I love the Mandalorian's um, line as he walks out. Congratulations. No, he says. Well, he does say that, but he also says, "I, um, I don't need another pet." I don't need another pet. Yeah, to the. But <laughs> no, I have enough part- pets, is what he says. Um, I think, I think what makes it for them is that he congratulates them. We only see one child. Yeah. Of the frog people. Yeah. 
So I don't know if only one hatched, if they were only able to have one, or if there were more somewhere else. But we see one hatch, and we see one out with them, you know, and he provides his congratulations. It seems like they had one child, and the fact that the child, like our knowledge of, of the baby Yoda child, um, yeah. eating those eggs didn't actually matter because they weren't going to have more than one. Well, according to Vanity Fair, he committed genocide. <laughs> no. I'm not even kidding. That's how ridiculous that is. I, I read, I read that. that. What do you it know about like, Papa Bear? It seemed like, like when, they, when they showed the shot of the, 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 the thing of eggs, there was one egg that was the yolk or whatever was clearly bigger than out. it. And then they had others that were like a little bit smaller. It's like they were a little bit, a little bit further behind. There's so many frisky dingo jokes here. But what do you think the survival rate is on those? I don't know. That's a lot of eggs. I was hoping <laughs> the frogman was. I was hoping the frogman was going to take his shoes off and pick up the egg. Why you take your shoes off? That's a frisky dingo reference for anyone who's wondering why we keep asking about taking shoes off. But let's let's get okay. So have we? Yeah. Have we talked the egg thing to death? No, I think so. I think so you good. think that there's an evolution of uh, Baby Yoda's character as he sees life emerge from the egg. I don't think that he understands the difference. I don't. I still don't think he understands the difference. Like, if he's hungry and the eggs are there, he's going to go after them and eat them. Yeah. I, and honestly, I think if the mother hadn't been there with him, if he'd seen the, the tadpole or whatever sitting around, yeah, he would have walked what's, up what's and What's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, is he just going to eat that too? That's <laughs> what I, mean, I was wondering. I think, I think if it was just him, he would have. But I think it's showing that he does have some understanding of... of Life, but he may not have with the eggs, and he just needed to eat. But that's a eat. lot smaller. That tadpole's a lot smaller than the egg, so it might, it might not. We saw him picking up frogs and, off the ground and eating them, so he doesn't really care if they're mobile animals. Like he still right. eats them. Exactly, but I think the caring. I think the bottom the line is made the difference. We're putting a lot of thought into something that we don't have the answers to yet. Well, and I just he wanted does. to provide a the people that are saying yeah, bad we're doing theories can uh, can. Oh, I think that Knock they're... Knock it off. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I love the look of the port. Like, when they... So, so now yeah. we're back to this. Yeah, good, the good, port looks awesome. Good setting, yep. Um, and then they walk into the inn. You know, the, the yeah, tell, frogman says go into the inn. Yep. And I love the, the, the chowder dispensers. Chowder. So gross. Chowder. That was awesome. So we got like, a Mon Cal Amari uh, running the place. And uh, <clears throat> he said, and Dinjaj, Dinjaj, yeah, I just call him Mando. Dinjarin. Dinjarin says, uh, have you seen others of my kind? Um, oh, before though, no, 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 he, he, uh, before he leaves, that's when we see the woman standing beside the crates in the, oh, in the yes. cape. Did you realize who that was? I did not. I didn't until the second watch, and I'm a little disappointed once I figured out who it was. That's Costco Reeves. Yeah. So you, you did. Oh no! Figure no I figured out who it was, but not during my first watch. Sorry. Yeah, during my first watch, I was like, "Oh, is that a Jedi?" I was hoping it was a Jedi. So that's why I say I'm a little disappointed. But it makes more sense that uh, that's how they know he's there, is because Costco Reeves, it, oh, Papa Bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah she. I was, I was wondering who that was. I was like, "Is that who I think it is?" But it isn't. No, for those of you who don't know, that's she's one of the three Mandalorians that appear in this episode. Uh, you know, as as part of Bo Katan's team. Uh, Bo-Katan's team. Um, yeah, so that, that's a Mandalorian standing there in, uh, in a hood, um, and she sees him, and then she kind of disappears when 
she gets a chance. But anyway, so then he goes into the um, to the inn, and, it's and the guy's got hoses hanging from the ceiling, and <laughs> he just walks up to Bowles and pushes the button, and, and it just dispenses chowder out of the ceiling. So um, I love it. Now this it's, is interesting. The chowder hose. The chowder. Well, <laughs> who doesn't want a chowder hose? Um, I think it's just. Yeah, one hose for all the chowder, right? Or were there multiple hoses? I think there were multiple hoses. You gotta wonder. I mean, the cleaning's gotta be rough, man. Yeah, flush those lines. Which is just gotta be an occasional thing. I assume an inn like this is probably open, you know, twenty four seven. I don't really think that. Whatever the planetary hours and days are. This didn't strike me as the most like up to code kind of place. Oh, it's like you get what is on the hose. <laughs> <laughs> or it gets the hose again. Well, we find that out, too, because when he gets the, babe, the the child's chowder, it's like it's squirt and then clump. You eat the chowder or you get the hose again. <laughs> it puts the chowder in its mouth. <laughs> okay, enough uh, silence of the lambs. Um, All right, so jumping straight, at what, was, the, was the server in on it? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, he was like, "Look at the best car." Yeah, because when, uh, because clearly there are Mandalorians there. We know that later, but uh, you know what? That's why I asked the question. I wrote this question before I realized it. When you just talked about, and I, I keep forgetting her name. Who was standing there? Um, Bosco, uh, excuse me, Costco Reeves. Costco Reeves. So I, I knew who she was after I watched it again, but I wrote the question down beforehand because. I didn't know if he was in on it or if him and he uh, realized he totally what was, sold him out, yeah. If he realized what was going on that he sent the the Mandalorians, but a Mandalorian saw him, so um, yeah, and he that, that becomes clear. So yeah, the server's in on it. Um, at some point, you know, I know he's got other stuff going on right now, but but vengeance needs to occur. Um, he needs to realize that he's got a specific set of skills and. Um, and Take Mon Calamari's must pay. Yeah, because this, well, I mean, this is the exact same. That's that's oh, the exact same setup wow. as. Uh, wow, I, I don't what know why keeps changing. Keeps I'm, nothing is changing over here. You're getting more excited. I'm getting more excited. That must be it. I'll turn okay. it down. Should I get less excited, ah. or should I turn my mic down and get more excited? I turn the mic down just a tad. But right. um, so they don't give the names of any of these squid. Uh, the um, there is a Star Wars derogatory term for these guys uh, called squid heads. Their actual uh, species is called Quarrens, and that's how we know that um, the the innkeeper, the Mon Calamari, is in on it, because he points to the Quarren, and he says, yeah, those guys uh, can point you to it. Do these guys remind you from any creatures from any other movie series that Disney might own? Yep. Were you going to bring that up, too? I was. That's the next thing I have written here. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They not only are pirates, but they look like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Was it? Was it? Um, uh, who was it? It was in the third movie, right? It was the second movie. I don't know. I'm actually not that big on Pirates of the Caribbean. I may think they're okay, but my daughter. I think there was loves them. there was just that one guy, the Davy Jones guy, who yeah, had the squid Jones. face. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. Yeah, the David other Jones. guys just had barnacles all over. Him. Turns yeah. out he's not a he's he's a Corin. They don't ever give, in this episode anyway, they don't give the names of any of the Quarrens, but they always refer to them as Quarrens. And all of the Quarrens refer to each other as brothers, which later on is interesting because the guy says, you killed my brother, and it's hard to tell what he means by that because they all call each other brother. Um, but anyway, so which he I points out the Which I could see being the case with, with the Mandalorian, too. If another Mandalorian had died, I could see yeah, him you killed my brother. that. So, um, so 
<laughs> Baby Yoda's eating his chowder or looking at it, and suddenly a little octopus jumps out and grabs him by the face. <laughs> and the Mandalorian just says, uh, what does he say? <laughs> Don't play with your food. And he stabs it. He stabs the thing. <laughs> it looks like he just stabbed it in the leg. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was just poor editing or what, but it looks it like just, he just stabbed it in the leg. It just <laughs> pops off. That was hilarious. And the Quarren sits down, and he's, he's got the pirate accent even almost. I hear you be looking for a ship, me matey. Yeah, they're um, setting you up early on that. A few hours sail. It'll cost right. you, though. And then he this chuckles, is, the evil chuckle. Har, har, this, har, was har. My, this was my one problem. Har, har. Uh, is, he's got no Arr. luggage. Arr. Right? Okay. No luggage. Arr. None. He's He's got nothing except for the child. Yeah. If he paid Arr. and That's received... That's kind of like luggage. If he, if he actually paid more and received this information, he also has a jetpack. He I, didn't need to ride with anyone on a ship. I'm really starting to think the jetpacks don't have much range on them. That the jetpacks are really more. They they flew up and down quite a bit, but um, yeah, I don't think like these things could go like a hundred and fifty miles or something. I think maybe they have like a twenty mile range or something. And did anybody know, ever? Did anybody ever play that game Bounty Hunter where you're Jenga yes, set for like I the did. PlayStation two, two or whatever? Yeah. Was it two or three? It was I don't two because I never had two. two. Yeah. Anyway, you know, yeah, he could only jump like on, on buildings. Yeah. <laughs> And I wonder, well, that's a yes, old, old school Superman style. I wonder if they just needed to put a little bit of chewing gum on the back, if that would have taken care of it. Maybe? I have no idea what that means. That's how they fix the gas leak on the jetpack of the Rocketeer. Is that also mm-hmm. Disney? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, the helmets from the Rocketeer are very similar to the clone helmets in the, in, um, the very first clone helmets we saw, the first generation. Yep. Interesting. Weird. Well, there's Tim. only there's only so many ways you can make a helmet. Have you seen the? You guys have both seen the Rocketeer, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Hole, hole in the bottom, and I was not a fan I of mean, the. Ro- I mean, I didn't yeah. dislike it. I just I barely barely remember it. I just remember it was supposed to be designed after the uh, 1930s serials, and George Lucas was a big fan, so it makes sense that the. Uh, Clone Troopers helmets and the Rocketeer helmets will look the same. You need to go watch the Rocketeer again. I think you'll enjoy it. You also told me I needed to watch Mulan, and you were wrong. Did Um, you watch Mulan? No, because you were wrong. Okay, go (laughs) watch the Rocketeer. (laughs) I did go back and watch part of Xanadu with Olivia Newton-John. That's right. I ranked that above the Rocketeer and Mulan. Xanadu. Oh, uh, shout out to Hart Miser, who uh, I think she was watching uh, uh, Xanadu. Oh my gosh. I'm going to convert everyone to watching Xanadu. It's the greatest. I I don't even like musicals, as you very, very well know. But you should. You don't like them. You You won't watch them. They're terrible. I have been forced. I have two daughters. I've watched musicals, and one right. of my daughters is into is like does musical production stuff, right? Which means you're she's watching artsy musical stuff, and it's probably fine for musical stuff. But there are others out there that you could enjoy more. It doesn't matter. Regard, I will not watch Xanadu. Not going to happen. Why? Because you haven't watched The Rocketeer recently. And until you do, I'm not watching Xanadu. <laughs> ah, this is like a quid pro quo scenario. Oh, yeah. That's stick that in your mama core and eat it. Stick that in your chatter hose. I don't. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with any of this. 
I'm not sticking anything anywhere. <laughs> so he obviously <laughs> he obviously sets him up with uh, well, I say obviously. We don't know at first, but the Quarren definitely seems shady with his little chuckle of Arr, but it'll cost you though. Can I ask you a question? Oh gosh. Yeah. Have you ever seen a mama core eat? No, but I hear the young one might find it interesting. <laughs> so I'm guessing you like so they they're on the ship, right? And I had asked this early on when we saw the trailer. I'm like, why on earth would you need a uh, an ocean going vessel in a Star Wars universe? And they answered the question very very well because you're dealing with the ocean going animals. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I don't know what they're eating all the time, but they could be you know fishing. Well, these guys seem like they've got themselves a trap set. Um, yeah. So, have you ever seen a mamacore eat? I have not. Well, actually, I have now. Um, but the baby, might, the baby might find it interesting. And I, I'm assuming you looked up mamacore like I did. I, I had to get the spelling off of the subtitles because I, like uh, Papa Bear, thought he said manticore. What is a manticore? Why do? Why does that yeah. name sound familiar? Manticore is, um. Because I know that too. The manticore is the 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 like human head, lion body. Oh, that's scorpion right. Scorpion tail. It's a yeah. It's so sometimes it's like winged. it's Middle Eastern mythology is what the manticore is. It's what they have in all the statues outside the palaces. Um, I like okay. the manticore as a as a as a creature. I I like old mythological studies, and the manticore is one that was always kind of. Well, this is a mamacore. This is a mama core, and it, and was it looks apparently... nothing like a manticore. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks kind of like the the spider things from last episode, except it's underwater. I thought it looked kind of like a sarlacc, except it was underwater. Well, same. I thought it I looked mean, like all with that same like all that same. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all that same weird mouth opening thing. It must be something. In, well, they're something working on like galaxy. our deep seated fears of weird mouth opening things. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could really stick a chowder hose in that. Oh man. Or a, Why did they just feed it with the chatter hose? I don't think they stretched out that far. Um, mm. Plus, you know, how are you going to get the best car out of a chowder hose? I mean, it's really best to feed that thing in port. Man, that was messed up, though. So they, they open up the hatch, and then they throw the baby Yoda in. <laughs> and baby Yoda gets swallowed. And, of course, our hero, Mandalorian, dives in after it, and then they close the uh, the hatch. Um, and we know his suit is not sealed, so he can drown in it. Um, well, and they made that very clear here. Yeah. That, that was their plan all along. Yep, it was, was like... to drown him. And, uh, well, so that, that was, uh, it'll cost you though. And as they, uh, cost, as, cost you your life. Yeah. And as he's in there floundering around, uh, they say, the best car is ours. Well, this was kind of weird to me, too. Now, I know they just fed it a bunch of fish, and they just fed it a child in a floating Mandalorian or whatever. But if this thing was still any kind of hungry, it was going to start eating him, too. I assume that these things were. Yeah, but I doubt that it could eat the. The Beskar, kind of like what we saw with uh, last episode, the Sarlacc had eaten Boba Fett, not killed him, obviously, because the Beskar survived. Right. Well, and the snake thing that the crate dragon that ate R two D two, not the no, not that. From, oh, oh, yeah, yeah the it spit him R2-D2 out. R two D two and spit him back out. Same kind of concept, I guess. But 
So kind of, it, things are looking bad for our hero. His oh, babies. That's been... what I was gonna say, and they they almost should have done it. Do you remember what the armorer said? The armorer said, "This is the way." Have you sh- removed your helmet? Keep going. Um, catch me if you can. <clears throat> she did not say that. She said, "Your sigil will be the mud horn." I clearly don't know what you're going for here. It's gonna draw a lot of attention. Oh, the Besker. Oh, good point. And, and, you know, when she said that, and up until this episode, I've always thought that she was talking about the other Mandalorians. Yeah, but he's carrying around, like, a treasure on his body. And and, I, and it seems like she's talking... I mean, this keeps happening. Yeah. People are like, oh, whoop, he's got some Beskar armor. Let's, can let's can I ask a question? It. I want to ask a question. Well, I can't tell if you have your hand raised this time. My hand... My hand. My, right, we have a question from Papa Bear. Both my hands are raised. I'm. Uh, don't shoot. I used, okay. Don't. Don't <laughs> hands. Uh, okay. Official don't motion to allow uh, <laughs> to allow Papa Bear to ask a question. Uh, the motion seconded. All right. Oh, uh, all votes. Yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Okay. Motion passed. Papa Bear, you may ask a question. I can either type in my password. My computer just locked up. Uh, time's can you still up. Hear me? Um, yeah. Can you? Okay. Uh, yeah. So. It seems like there's different qualities of the this armor that they yes, wear. Yes, agreed. I think it wears out. I was going to talk about that too. I think it must wear out over time because I'm assuming the armor we see Mando in, in episode one is Besker. It's just really old. It's it, it seems like yeah, it seems like real shiny. Yeah, like the new the new stuff, and I think that attracts more people to it. And is that why they kind of camouflage it by painting it, or uh, you know? Well, the painting is has to do with house colors, as we're about to find out in just a second. But it um, also, like, people don't realize it's Beskar, maybe, right? Maybe. Um, but, like, in episode one, season one, the guy, just because of the shape of the armor, asks, is that Beskar, and runs a knife over it, and all it does is take the paint off. So I think even yeah. the, the crappier armor that he had in episode one, or most of season one, was Beskar. I think it was just really old and beat up. Well, so or some is of the it... difference there, and that's kind of what you were asking, if they if they paint it to hide it, then the implication would be that they paint it because non-Beskar would also look the same when it's painted. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. That... That's a great question. Yeah. Um, clearly, Boba Fett's armor is Beskar, though, and that's all painted in its different shapes. And, Tim, you brought this up last time that you thought he got his armor from Jango Fett, but I'm, it's literally different shapes. Like, the breastplate is slightly different. There's no neck piece on Boba Fett's like there was on Jango. His knee guards are different. Like, it's a different it, set of armor. It, or is it just worn down? Like, pieces fall off as it, they... Maybe, yeah. It might, that's and, a good... Yeah, it, maybe and, it's and a does it have down. to deal with... But I think does it, it has to deal with, like, the quality of the alloy? I mean, because I imagine they can have pure Besker and, like, they mix it with something else. Like well, we do here. Well, dude, we just don't know. <laughs> well, that um, could have been happening. They talk about that. And if we had any historians here, they could probably tell us. My understanding is I'm that we do not have the technology to make swords last as long as they did before. That's what I've seen and read. I, is that the the way they were forging them with the pure metals that they were using? I don't know about swords, but that's actually true of the concrete. Uh, Romans used a superior form of concrete than we do. I mean, it's hard. I think we can 
make concrete like they did, but um, yeah, for a long time we couldn't. Um, they used a superior form of concrete to us, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that's what I've that's what I've read about about swords too. Like we see swords that are, you know, from from however long ago, that are still maybe not completely intact because of you know wear and rusting over time, but that if any sword made today were left that long, it would just not exist. We saw where that girl in Sweden pulled a sword out of a lake after like two thousand years or something awesome like that. It was like. I did see that. That was she's awesome. The, she's the new ruler of England, isn't I, she? Of Sweden. I think I was in Sweden. Right, but she's the um, ruler of England. That's the rule. It's, it's, <laughs> the, only England, Sweden, it's the only England Sweden honors doesn't have this. that rule. She's in, she, now rules, she now rules England and Mandalore. Uh, these are the places where if you pull swords out, you're in charge. Um, this is the way. So good for her. Um, so let's get back to the episode. So now three, as our guy is suffering, he's trapped under there. It looks like he's drowning. Things are bad. Three Mandalorians land simultaneously and just begin to destroy this pirate crew. And I don't know about you, Tim, but me, being such a huge fan of the Clone Wars, instantly knew who this was, and so did my daughter. We knew because she had the owl painted on her helmet and the colors. They nailed the Clone Wars look. Yes. So did you know who she was like as soon as she landed? No. I, so we've I talked about this. I've, I've only seen each Clone Wars episode, and you know that I've been working my way back through them, but I've only seen yeah. each Clone Wars episode once or twice. Um, unless it was a, an episode, like a, a, a Force-heavy episode where I wanted to, to re-watch just for that. Um, I haven't set to watch them all again in a oh, while. I'm, I'm that big of a nerd that when I saw the helmet, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Bo-Katan. Yeah. Because she's the only one who has the helmet. The owl, she... Plant, she, Because she was originally a member of the Death Watch. When uh, Maul, Darth Maul, takes over the Death Watch, she creates the Splinter Group. Uh, I forgot the name of them. But their sigil is the owl. Um, and so she paints that owl on her helmet, and that blue color with the owl is the sign of the followers of Bo-Katan. Um, so I knew instantly that that was Bo-Katan, and I, of course, nerded out big time, and they just beat the tar out of these guys. Uh, we find out that it's, uh, there are three, um, it's Bo-Katan, Casca Reeves, and a guy named Axe Woves. Um, Woves also uses a gauntlet blaster, which we haven't seen since Boba Fett used his on uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really, really cool. Um, so they, they defeat the crew, Mandalorian, you know, they open it up, Mandalorian's not in good shape, he's like, the child, I, you know, I'm, uh, I forget the term he uses, but I'm quested to save the child. And Costco Reeves says, I'm on it, and dives in. I was really happy that Costco Reeves was the one that jumped in, and not... Bo-Katan. Yeah. They, well, they're, um, they're, like, they're equals in this. Yeah, it was really cool, because, like, you know, there was kind of an... Expo- and this is one of the things with, with, you know, the people that are in charge of this show. Like, you'd expect, oh, you know, Bo-Katan's here, Bo-Katan's gonna be the hero, Bo-Katan's gonna do all this stuff, and she's gonna jump in, and she's gonna... But it was, it was Reeves that did it, which I thought was a really nice touch. Well, and each one the of these show. are just awesome, as we see more and more as the show goes on. So Reeves saves the child, comes out, and, you know, Mandalorian's all like, uh, thank you, um, I've been searching for more of our kind, and Bo-Katan says, well, it's lucky we found you first, and as she's saying it, she removes her helmet. Now, yeah, yeah. let's talk about a couple of things here. Yeah. Now, let's talk about a couple of things before we continue with the episode. No. Um, let's talk about Katie Sackhoff. 
Oh my gosh, I love this woman. So, I had heard rumor that she might be doing something Star Wars. I had not. I, I'd been so good about avoiding rumors. This well, totally so took I. me by surprise. So, like, it popped up, and, and I'm pretty good about scrolling past them every time. And I'm a huge Katie Sackhoff fan. You know, one of our mutual Same. friends... <laughs> One of our mutual friends built a motorcycle, was part of a company that built a motorcycle for Katie Sackhoff, and he got to go out and meet her and help her with her, uh, with riding this thing. Yeah, so, I've heard that. I've heard this story as well. Yeah, well, it, yes. was, it was also put on TV as part of a reality TV show where they showed him build her motorcycle. Yeah. But yeah, one of our friends is on that episode. I don't want to say his name without asking him first, but... No. Um, yeah. So, I want to say this, and this is really, really important, like, and going back and... So obviously, you know, I did go back and, and look at the look at some old footage again from Clone Wars. Um, I was, you know, I was a little. Th- I, I I love Katie Sackhoff. I just didn't know what part she was going to play. She was perfect. She absolutely she, was. She did a good job. Good well, job in the cast. That, she looked perfect. She for the did part. Huh? that but, hair, like the hair, the hair ribbon, or that whatever that hair thing is she has. Like that's uh, like she was the drawing come to life. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Which, if you had asked me before the episode, like who they should cast for Bo Katarn, as much Bo Katan, I keep saying Katarn, Katan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know that I would have said Katie Sackhoff, even though I love her. I've loved her since Battlestar Galactica. She's amazing yes. in that show. Um, yeah, but my gosh, they they just transformed her into Bo Katan so perfectly. Like she looked like the drawing come to life between the armor, the hair. Um, they even like you can tell they kind of like you know, gave her a bit of a, a tan um, to kind of uh, tone down her skin color because she's very fair skinned in, in real life. I think um, she looked like Bo Katan. It was it was so cool. Oh, great. I, I was nerding out, and so was my my daughter, because my daughter's a huge fan of uh, Sabine Wren, who knows Bo Katan from the uh, from the Rebels episodes, yeah. and we both and and Ahsoka Tano knows uh, Bo Katan. Bo Katan is a huge part of the Clone Wars um, television series, well, especially the last season, um, and she's a she's a relatively big part of the last season of Rebels of Clone Wars Re- or Star Wars Rebels. Um, so if you like those cartoons, then this was a huge moment for you to see her on film. And of course... You know what else she is? What? She's a Disney princess. Is she? What are you talking about? Isn't she the heiress? Ah, nice! Ah, so now I have the answer to my question whenever anyone says, Who's your favorite Disney princess? I'll be like, Bo-Katan. Ah, nice, good call, Papa Bear. Not to, not to, not to put a wrench in that, but Leia is also a princess. True, but Bo-Katan's I didn't say better. she wasn't. Well, I know, but he just put Bo-Katan over Leia. I'm just saying. I'm still putting Bo-Katan over Leia. Okay, you can. I just wanted to make sure that you were aware <laughs> of what you were doing. I don't mind you doing it. I understand. Um, I'm not going to end the podcast effective immediately. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> <laughs> disown you and never ever ever be talking to you again but you know just in case you're wondering um i'm taking half of all the money um I, <laughs> but we just anyone's new we just to our certain to... point of view uh, we have no money <laughs> well there's not a after, lot of disney princesses not after paying papa bear 
Not after paying Papa Bear his, All right, so his double salary. She, she says, uh, well, hey, lucky we found you first. There's an NDA. We really need to get back to this because we're over an hour in. Um, so she says, uh, you know, you're lucky we found you first. Non-disclosure? What is it, NDA? Non-disclosure agreement. Papa yeah. Bear. Anyway, um, she's lucky we found you first. She removes her helmet and he immediately, where did you get that armor? Um, and this is where we realize how limited the Mandalorian's understanding of his own culture is. Yeah. Because she says this armor goes back three generations. Um, and he says, you don't cover your face, you're not Mandalorian. And Wove just says he's one of them. And she says, and you are a child Yeah. of the watch. Before she says that, though, she identifies herself. Oh. She, she says, I'm, I'm Bo-Katan of the right, Clan she's... Krees. I fought in the Purge. I'm the last of my line, and you are a child of the watch. And he says, the watch. And this is where we find out, like, what happened to the Death Watch. And they never use both terms, Death Watch. They just say the watch. Pause. Like, are we using safe word pause? Yeah. Yeah, because we're... If you couldn't tell, we just took a break right there. Um, he says, where'd you get that armor book? Uh, we've already talked about all this. Um, she says, you're a child of the watch, which is a cult of religious zealots that broke away with the goal of reestablishing the ancient way. So now we know what happened to uh, the Death Watch. Yeah. And he, uh, he doesn't seem to like this. Um, he says there is only one way, the way of the, the, way Mandalore. Of the Mandalore. Yeah. And he takes off, uh, literally takes off with his jetpack. And next time we see him, he's standing there and it's sunset and then it's nighttime and he's walking through these back alleys and he gets surrounded by the Quarren. And again, we never get these guys' individual names. We just get the name of the species, Quarren. And the guy says, you killed me, brother. No, it's time to die. But he doesn't say that. I just want to use the accent. He says, you yeah, killed like, me, brother. <laughs> and the Mandalorian just says, let me pass. I think his name is Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. You killed no, no, my no, no, father. No. You know um, the music that was playing in the bar? That was that was Quarren Zivon. Quarren Zivon. <laughs> werewolves in, ta- in Trask. Um, <laughs> nice. Actually, it's werewolves in Tatooine because we got that wolf in the cantina. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh. and doc- Dr. Mandible. Dr. Mandible. Dr. Mandible. Uh, and, anyway. And, and the wasp. So Quarren says, uh, no, that's not the way it works. You killed my brother, and now I'm going to kill your pet. <laughs> At this, the baby Yoda, the child, the kid, whatever we call that thing, reacts. Un, you know, he doesn't, he seems to understand what they're saying. This is why I think y'all might be crazy about he doesn't understand stuff. Because when the guy says, I'm going to kill your pet, the baby Yoda looks up at uh, Mando like, are you going to let this happen? I don't um, think it's a lack of understanding. I think it's a requirement for survival. I think it's an instinct over understanding. Okay. But what happens? Um, he doesn't Bo-Katan lands, and she says, he didn't kill your brother. I did. She's so awesome. And then the Mandalorians just take them out without even a problem. And she says, at least let us buy you a drink to the Mandalorian. To which he agrees. And they, uh, they end up going to another end. Looks like the first one, but who knows. Um, where she explains that the Moon of Trask is now a black market selling uh, weapons from the plunder of, uh, from Mandalore. 
and that their goal is to retake their home world. They're going to steal these weapons back. They're going to retake Mandalore, and this is where we get the name of the episode, um, so they can seat a new Mandalorian on the throne. Um, and this is where we again see that our hero, Din Djarin, is a bit uh, misguided in his uh, understanding of his own culture. Of course, he's adopted into it by probably the worst group, the Death Watch. Um, and he says, uh, that planet is cursed. The Empire made sure all that go there die. Because remember, Death Watch was not uh, headquartered on the planet of Mandalore. Where were they headquartered, Tim? Well, they were on Concordia, but they, they wanted to be headquartered on Mandalore. So it's this is... Correct. But we're talking, what, 30 years later. So yeah, my guess moon. is, and obviously a lot has changed with the Death Watch. They went from being a political organization to being a religious one. They've got a lot of very odd rules because we saw Previsualist face a lot. Um, and yeah, I think they were always a religious organization. I never picked up on that, but I, so, I mean, I might and, just and what I mean it. is like, well, in the way that he says it, in the way that he says weapons are part of my religion. Oh, great callback, man. Yeah, I, I think that the, the Death Watch has always been about, you know, this is our way of life. Not our not our political policies. This is our way of life. This is, ah, this is that, who I, we are and what's I just thought that us. was a cool line, but I think he was literal. Yeah. In hindsight, a, that's a I literal line. Way, way weapons are part to, of our religion. Yeah. And that's part of what they are and who they are um, is... Is warriors and, and conquering warriors. The big change is that they're not currently conquering. Well, yeah, they're trying to stay as a lot. Well, the, the also the big change is the helmets is is kind of big. Them hiding their identity, and now it looks like it's the Death Watch is the one that's out trying to get foundlings to grow their numbers. I don't know that Bo-Katan's group is doing that. She looks like she's trying to unite the conclaves or the coverts as they call them. Um, yeah, but the Death Watch is is not only doing that. Well, I don't know that they're doing that at all. Um, he's yeah, the first I wanna, one. I got another note about that later on too, but not not yet. Not until we get there. So let's finish um, this conversation. He says that uh, the Empire made sure all that go there die, and she says, "Don't believe it. We're stronger together." And the uh, just kind of dismisses. Says, "Not part of my plan. I'm quested with returning the child to the Jedi." Yeah. And Bo says, what do you know of the Jedi? And he says, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he said, I, I love thought, that. Hey, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't pretend to know anything about the Jedi. He says, I was hoping you'd help me by creed. In other words, you know, the Mandalorians are, are you know, supposed to help each other. And he doesn't even give an opportunity for, for exchange here. Because this is when he flies off, because he realizes that she's not following no, this, he what he knows is the Mandalorian creed. He said, I was hoping you'd help me by creed. Obviously, you're not going to buy. No, you think you're getting that confused because they continue this conversation. Oh, did I mix something up? Yeah, he he flew off the first time when she. Yeah, that's uh, on the boat, I think, right? Yeah, that was on the boat where like he immediately flies off. Um, oh. He's like, I'm taking the soccer ball and going home. Okay, he, then we didn't say something that happened with the boat. Dude, what? They blew up the entire ship. Oh my gosh, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, they not only like, killed the pirates, they destroyed the ship. They blew up the whole ship. And I didn't even see core. it the first watch. It yeah. was the second watch when I was watching it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, poor Mama Core. She's underneath there like, just give me more babies. And she's hungry because they took all her food away. Because she eats babies and poops faster. I think, I think she was likely already dead. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, by the time Freeze gets done with her, um, yeah, yeah, um, or Reeves rather, not Freeze. Uh, yeah, by the time Costco got done with her, she's probably dead. Uh, anyway, Mama Core. So okay, so different conversations. So yes. said, "What do you uh, know? Nothing." Blah blah blah. And Here she said, "I can lead you to one of their kind, but you know, there's a uh, like with every episode of The Mandalorian." Which, I don't know if this is getting older, if it's just kind of cool that it's kind of gotten a little formulaic. There's something you got to do for me first. I like it. So there's a couple of things. One, this ties into something else formulaic. Um, these are trying times. Nothing's free. You've mm. got to work for what you're going to get. That's I like that. Yep. the case. Yep. Um, and also, and this is something that's been really, really hard for people to accept. Nobody had issues with Star Wars The Clone Wars just being various battles that didn't push the war forward any, right? Like, throughout the series, there were there were little things that pushed us toward Episode 3, but you were really just living out different battles with different Jedi and different clones. It wasn't like a every episode, you know, gave you some big, huge thing about the Star Wars universe. That's True. not what was going on. And that's really what's going on here. You know, uh, you okay, Papa Bear? I got my hands raised. I keep, okay, okay, I'll be with you in just a second. <laughs> so people, <laughs> people are so, people are getting worked up online about these episodes not like pushing the whole story forward and not being like, you know, oh, he's discovered them all <clears> and now the baby's being raised by all these Jedi who were missing and created their own covert of Jedi. Like, like they expect a whole wrap-up of the story, but it's a TV show. It's supposed to be by episode, by chapter, you know, and have I guess they've gotten used to, like, a Game of Thrones type thing where it is supposed to, like, there's a, a much more larger story being told here. And the truth is, in this one, there's actually a couple stories being told. There's more than a couple, even. So there's I don't a mind lot it going on. Yeah. All right, Papa Bear, you had your hand raised for a while. Let's see what you got to say. I mean, this, this is the way. They drag it out, and they're, 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 they're going to explore genres. And that's the same thing they did in the Clone Wars. I mean, the Zilla Beast was basically Godzilla. That's, okay. <laughs> well, again, uh, we've been talking a lot about Dave Filoni, but this is not Filoni writing this stuff. In fact, I mean, he's a showrunner, but this show was written by Favreau and directed by uh, you know Dallas Howard. Um, so Dave Filoni's hand, you know, fingerprints are all over this episode, certainly, but he's not the only one doing this. Um, they're all doing it. They're all paying homage to whoever, uh, director or style or whatever they want to pay, pay homage to. And you can see that in each episode. It's kind of like a little vignette. It is a vignette. So. That's the exact word, which was always Lucas's uh, vision. These were supposed to be vignettes because he got all this uh, from the well, not all of it because it was a mix of like the Kurosawa stuff. But um, he always talked about like the old Buck Rogers, uh, you know, serials. But anyway, yeah. we're 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 way off uh, I, topic. I, I, I need to stay off topic for just a second because it came up again. Okay. Um, somebody brought up a Zilla Beast, and this goes back to the crate dragon. That was Beast. Papa Bear, and I just want to say that I'm I'm still bothered by the fact that uh, impervious skin can be taken apart from the inside. And there you have it, everyone. I'm Jim. I'm uh, Papa Bear. So Bo says that <laughs> you're if not you... Papa Bear. <laughs> we don't know who we are on the show. 
Stolen Valor. What if we use code names? Stolen yeah, Valor. That's even stolen better. Stolen Valor. <laughs> you thought you you're no <laughs> Papa Bear. I knew Papa Bear, sir, and you were no Papa Bear. <laughs> All right, but uh, so Bo says, uh, if you help us do this job, I'll tell you where the Jedi are. And then the next scene... Oh, here's my notes. Planet is cursed. Yeah, I got my notes here. In the next scene... Can I tell the story or not? You can't leave the scene yet. What? Aren't aren't you still talking? About... Aren't they still in the the inn top? Sure, yes. All right, first of all, we we have a name for the freighter they're going after. I know. I was getting to it. But that's not the next (laughs) scene. That's the current scene. No, the the next scene is they're sitting on top of the Razor Crest looking at the freighter. But they're talking about the... Well, they named it first. In yeah. The, they said, right, see well, that Imperial Gazanti freighter? Yeah, but they say something else. What do they say? Wasn't it... Yeah, this is the same scene we're talking about, isn't it? At first they're in the end, and that's when she informs him, if you help us with this job, I'll help you find the Jedi. And then it cuts scenes, and they're sitting on top of the Razor Crest, staring okay. at the freighter. Okay, so this is the line then. The line's coming up here. You have the line written down, right? I don't yes. know. <laughs> You're confusing me. <laughs> she says, <laughs> see that Imperial Gazanti freighter? It's carrying weapons. Yeah. What's the line? And then says, so there'll be troopers. They talk about shooting a sneak aboard. And all this yeah, here it is, right there, the troopers. That's who we're talking about. Oh, okay. This is the new common line. This is going to be all over Star Wars everywhere. A squad at most? No, after that. They couldn't hit the side of a bantha. They couldn't hit the side of a bantha. Wove says that, the, uh, the, yeah. the, the guy. Yeah. It's like his line, and now that's gonna that's gonna stay, man. That's perfect. Couldn't hit the side of a bantha. Um, I thought that was interesting too, because like I'm like they're on a water world, and they're still talking about the animals from a planet supposedly no one's ever heard of called Tatooine. I got a question about banthas. Oh God. These are ginormous creatures, and they live on a a rock, a sandy. I mean, it gets everywhere, right? <laughs> they get everywhere. That's coarse. I mean, I guess that's why they have the hair, right? To keep the the sand out, right? Man, I don't know. What what do these creatures eat? I mean, there's nothing around to eat. So this is really important. Banthas eat um, Tusken Raiders, and they drink the water from the moisture farms. The Banthas are gods on tattooing, and I'm making up everything that I'm saying right now. We know this. I'm just making sure everyone... I don't want to lose listeners because they think that I think Banthas are gods. The other thing about the Bantha is... Did you remember last episode? There was clearly a Tuscan Raider brushing the Bantha's teeth, and we yeah, didn't that even was discuss cool. that at all. I told you. I, actually, yeah, I think did. he did mention it. Yeah, that was um, the first episode. That wasn't the last episode. That was the first episode. Yeah, we didn't was, discuss it last episode because it didn't happen last episode. Yeah, you weren't there. All right. Yeah, we did discuss it. Remember, you didn't listen big, to that one, Papa Bear. Big fan of the whole series. Nice, the whole catalog. Yeah, we so I'm that. trying to push this conversation along though, because we're now seventy. Well, we're trying to in. treat this like the uh, Mandalorian and you, just keep it to. Uh... You're talking about how big banthas are and what they eat. Um, so they basically tell the Mando they're, they're not going to help him unless he helps take this freighter. So he goes back to the frog house. 
And this yeah. is, we've already talked about this line, so we don't really need to spend any time on it. But he leaves the baby and says, mind your manners, you know what I mean. And uh, that's when he sees the hatchling. But now we're back to the Imperial Freighter. So they say yes. it, can't, it can't leave orbit until it makes its way through these... Uh, you know, these travel lines, basically. Yeah, they say they won't let them, is what they say. Yeah, so in other words, there is a window of time where they're able to reach this thing with their jetpacks. Um, and that's exactly what they take. And it is, the music is really cool there. Go back and listen to the music. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like an industrial, kind of like, well, a toned-down industrial music going on. Um, as you see, the four of them fly up to this freighter. And, you know, get the drop on this uh, stormtrooper who's standing out on a balcony. And this is when the assault on it begins. Yes. Ah, uh, so cool. This is so amazing. What a great amount. And this, from here and for the next few minutes, is what's going to drive a lot of people to call this their favorite episode. Yeah, I would agree because it is... So good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but and it's you... Star Wars. This is Star Wars. It's violent Star Wars, which is unique to The Mandalorian, just how crazy violent the show can get. Um, the thir- Before they can take out the third Stormtrooper, though, he does set off the alarm. Pirates. Yeah, and we get a scene of the, um, the captain's uh, room, and... <laughs> He tells them to lock down the doors and you know guard the hall, guard the hall, um, meaning the weapons. And um, I, where have I seen that actor before? I couldn't. Bosh. That's Bosh. From the show Bosh. Oh, you're right. From uh, Amazon Prime. Titus. Titus yeah. Welliver. Okay. Wow. Good call. Uh, I was like, why do I know this guy? Um, I think you he's said in a that lot earlier in a chat, didn't you? Yeah, and I was wondering what the I thought he meant I... Bosk. And I was wondering that's, what he was talking that's about. That's what I thought he meant, no, too. And I was like, Bosch. I don't think Bosk is in here. But, but anyway, as they, as they make their way down the hall, what really strikes me is Bo-Katan loves the knife. She has that knife that comes out of her yeah. gauntlet, and holy cow, she makes... She she uses that thing, man. She she takes that stormtrooper out like with three stabs to the throat. It is brutal, and the body just kind of stands there for a second and then falls over. And these guys are amazing. And one of the things I love about watching them clear halls is how the Mandalorian is. He seems in awe of them. Now he's their equal, I, I think. Um, but he's like, I don't think he's ever gotten much opportunity to work with people as well trained as other Mandalorians. Yeah, and you could. This was another one of those brilliant scenes. Um, this goes back to David Prowse and Darth Vader type of thing, where you can really see what he's doing even though he's in the armor and the way he's looking and and the shock and the dropped jaw even though you can't see the wide eyes you know like everything about his surprise is visual with a helmet on yeah yeah he was really uh, really well done there yeah so they they're making their way through this this and the hallway is hilarious scene, the opening hallway scene was beautiful right when they're first fighting with them yeah and he does um Oh, no, he doesn't yet, but the first hallway scene really gives a Star Wars feel to it. Yeah, there. Right, like that opening, like all of the, you know, you know the hallway fights. It's like we talked about last time with the trench run. Yeah. Um, well, it's not only the Tantive, it's uh, Han and Luke in the detention center. Yeah. It's uh, like only almost every episode of the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot of these types of scenes where they're hiding behind Checkpoint. bulkheads. Um, checkmate. But um, 
Yeah, so you hear, like, they kept going back to the cockpit um, where the captain of the ship is, the Imperial officer, and they're listening to the radio comms, and they're like, there's at least ten, maybe more! And then uh, the, the pilot's like, sir, there's only four life forms. And then you hear the guy go, they're Mandalorian! And then his uh, communicator, you hear it kind of break up, and then there's no, then there's radio silence. And um, now we get, before they do anything else... This, this is the point where we, and I think it, it might have been in the first hallway scene, but I don't think so, where he, he the, it was actually um, Din Djarin that throws out the first little, well, actually he throws out all the all the little balls, but he throws out that first little ball yeah. that creates the smoke screen. Yeah. And then you get the four of them walking, and I think we passed that already, but when you get the four of them walking through that smoke screen and just firing, yeah. it was an awesome and it was, beautiful, beautiful fight scene. Yes, and it was totally ripped right out of Clone Wars. Because yeah. she's because Bo Katan is firing both uh, you know both hands single blasters, um, and those blasters are straight out of the Clone Wars. Like uh, Papa Bear can attest to this. You can go on uh, on um, on three D printer sites and print those blasters. Um, yep. It's a very popular Star Wars blaster, the Mandalorian blaster set that she has. Um, so that we have that's, the uh, we have the Rex set. We have both the Rex hands. set, but it's it's the same pistol. <laughs> yeah. Both hands are raised. Yep. And are you celebrating, or you want no, to? No, he something? has a question well, for us. Touch down. Okay. Well, both hands are uh, yeah. So yeah, the smoke goes out. Yeah. And you see this visual of what a scene. I appear to be Bo-Katan's like visor, right? Yeah. And hers seems to be technologically superior to what we've seen from the Mandalore. Huh. I'm not sure. Am I right? Well, it identifies the targets, but I'm not sure. We haven't ever seen his do that, I don't think. Except from the prisoner, I think it might have done that. I'm just wondering if there's some kind of technology that's been lost over time through this. I don't think so. It just so. seems like the theirs is better. Is, but it... And she, she makes a point of being like, this is third, third generation, generation yeah. you know? Not only that, but we find out that Bo-Katan comes from royalty. That's the name of the show, the heiress. Yeah. Um, so they they get the best swords. Well, or, they have to fight for that position. Or gauntlet knives, which is sweet. Um, so when uh, when it comes through that these are Mandalorians, the captain of the ship is like, climb now. So they're going to violate the rules of Trask, which tells me, again, the Empire doesn't run Trask, but they do have a lot of pull there. <laughs> Ruff. Bark, bark, and snap. Good lord, Tim. You gotta stop that, bud. Well, I'll do it Tim. Mando didn't like that. Uh, anyway, so the Imperial. This is act, actually. So he tells him, climb now, like I just said, and it again shows us that the Empire doesn't really have. Full power, but they're people that can kind of do what they want. Um, so they start yeah, they climbing. They didn't get fired on or even talked to about it. It wasn't yeah, like they got a. I, they didn't even get a call like, "Hey." I expected what are you that doing? too. Like, "Hey, you're breaking protocol." Like the Mandalorian got when he's burning in. Yeah. Um, and so he calls and he says, "We got to make a rendezvous with the fleet." And he said, um, "You know," <laughs> said, "There's another Imperial officer in the hold," and he says, "Close the doors." And the stormtrooper says, "Which doors?" All the doors, and we have that moment, very um, James, 
uh, what's that guy's name who did the like the the night the breed movies and all that? James Cameron um, also did like. Uh, anyway, we have one of those moments James where you, you see the elevator numbers, I guess as you would call them, coming down, and they're waiting. And it's very similar to the first first scene in A New Hope, except for it's not the rebels waiting; it's the stormtroopers waiting. Uh-huh. The doors open, and Mandalorian to step out and just start laying down fire. And that's when the guy closed the doors, all the doors, and the and he's like, "We just gotta hold them until we can rendezvous with the fleet." And then he calls up to the captain. He says, "We have them trapped." <laughs> and he says, "Trapped where?" In the cargo control area. And the guy says, "Where?" <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> that is such a great moment. And I'm betting this is where you talk about Star Wars humor. Yeah. You mentioned earlier Star Wars. This was so good. You got him trapped where? In the cargo control area. <laughs> and as soon as he says it, they open the doors and he, the guy flies out and and all the stormtroopers fly out the back of the ship. <laughs> that was my awesome. Favorite, my favorite thing about that is the pilot who's yeah. flying this thing. He's like, hello? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the captain knows instantly, like, oh my gosh. Like, that guy seems to have some brains. And yeah. Like, okay. That okay. My my second in command or whatever is just really no. Um, but they close the doors and Bo gets his communicator, and she starts talking to the captain of the ship, and she's she's looking at the the weapons in there, and she says, "Imagine what a division of us can do with these," and that really is an awesome line when you've seen what th- what four of them can do. Yeah. Um, and then she has another great line coming. Yeah. I'm so excited about this one. Yeah, it's already a meme. I mean, it's already a yeah. gif out there. Um, and the captain says, we'll comb. Uh, uh, he says, well, you know, that'll never happen. We'll comb this place until you are hunted down and killed, which uh, we now know that he's working for Moff Gideon. And that is apparently Moff Gideon's role is to find and kill Mandalorians. I think that that's really cool. Um, but she says that, uh, you know, because we're taking the ship. And then Dejarin is like, wait a minute, we're taking the ship? That's not what we uh, we we uh, signed on for. But this is where she gives that line as she's talking to the captain. What does she say? Put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. Yeah, and that's already a gif out there for those of you looking. Katie Sackoff is, uh, as Bo-Katan, saying, put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. Well, then um, she mocks... His entire Mandalorian viewpoint. Well, before she does that, she says, uh, she turns to him and she says, there's something I need, which you and I know what that is. Yeah. And she says, there's something I need if I am to rule, uh, if I am to rule Mandalore, something that was once mine. And he says, you're changing the terms of the deal. And then this is where she mocks it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, what does she say? This is the way. Yeah, she very sarcastically says, this is the way. Um, Which is interesting, given that this is also what she's going to say at the end. And beyond this, I find it interesting that she is... And I know that that she was, you know, aware of of Vizsla and and part of that. Well, I think she would know all about the Death Watch and what became of them. She has his number. But there's still... (laughs) Thank you, Papa Bear. (laughs) There's a, there's a lot going on. It's, it's been a five, long five, time. Five. <laughs> five, 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 five. M N D O. 
I, I just find it interesting that, that she knows so much. I'm not necessarily surprised. I mean, it's the course of 30 years, like I said, since we've seen this. But I'm, right, I'm, I'm curious because there's so, like, the, the Mandalorians are staying hidden, to my knowledge. To me, it's the Death Watch guys who have isolated themselves. So, except, like, for Din, except for Din Djarin, who's just like an out there bounty hunter. He's kind of oblivious. Knows. Yeah. The, um, but she's clearly been actively trying to unite the tribes, the clans, so my guess is she does know everything that's going on with the Watch. Oh, and she's, and Woes, she's kind of hunting them down to, to bring oh, them in, not oh, to destroy them. Yeah, and when and when uh, when he takes his helmet off, when they take their helmets off and uh, Dejarin freaks out, Woves gives that very, like, tired expression, oh, he's one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, she's very aware of, like, this, this, this group. Um, and their rules, apparently. But anyway, so, <laughs> meanwhile, back in the, the bridge of the ship... Back on the bridge. The Imperial captain uh, contacts his boss, Moff Gideon. He says, we've been attacked by um, pirates. And he says, same pirates. And he says, yeah, they've taken the hold. Uh, they've taken the ship. They're coming for the, um, the bridge. Everything we, but the bridge. We need assistance. And Moff Gideon says, if it's gotten that far, then you know what to do. No assistance is coming. And then he long, says, "Yes, say go it. ahead, Papa Bear. What's he say? Long live the. I don't think Papa Bear's empire. there anymore. Well said. Uh, long live the empire. Long live the empire. And, and immediately after, the captain says, he says he, it right back. Long live he says the it right back, and, and then, then pew 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 pew. There's another Heart Miser reference. Um, must be her show today." But um, Star Wars reference. I don't know why you keep calling it a. Because we were told, like, in episode like twenty or so, to say "pew pew" is a shout out to Heart Miser, and I guess I've always associated that. It doesn't matter to me, but um, okay. Anyway, pew pews them. I always thought that's what you were doing. I thought pew 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 is always a Star Wars blaster pew pew. Really? Because I was in the army and we did a lot of pew pew there. Well, that's that's fine, but I, yeah, I was. <laughs> we always pew pew. Have you ever before. operated a Mark Nineteen automatic grenade launcher? Because I did. It's awesome. I've seen go, the photos. <laughs> anyway, he, he shoots the pilots, dude, and then he jumps in the in the pilot's chair and he crash courses this thing into the planet's surface and acts as like um well actually uh. uh I forgot her name again. Um, the other Mandalorian, Casca uh, Reeves, is like doing an altitude countdown. Yeah. Okay, we're going to crash. And so they try to make their way to the bridge. And the last... Which again calls to the, to the quality of their, of their technology and their armor. That's a good point. Well, well you they... also see them like lurch forward. They're like falling down the hallway. Right, but that doesn't, you know. Now, it also suggests that Katie Sackhoff is lying. Uh, or has been lying, or Bo-Katan was lying, because when the Mando asked, she said a squad. Now, in military terms, Star Wars has been pretty good about like using modern military terms. Um, so, like a squad is like twelve soldiers, and like a platoon is like thirty, and like a company is like one hundred and fifty. There is a lot more than a squad of soldiers on this ship. Absolutely, there's, there's more like almost a company of soldiers on this ship, at least a platoon or two. Um, yep. But anyway, because they get down to the final standoff, and there's at least ten or maybe more uh, stormtroopers laying down heavy fire, and my daughter made an awesome, 
uh, comment uh, because one of them is a heavy gunner, which is the character she prefers in Battlefront Two. Like she's leveled that guy up as high as you can go, and like that's got my favorite the, too. Yeah, mine too, because it's got the scope where you can see through like everything. So you can always see where the enemy is and all that stuff. Anyway, she was like, this is like me playing Battlefront 2. Because you see the start, Stormtrooper heavy gunner just, just laying down super uh, cover fire. And they're like, and Wove, uh, Axe Wove says it's too heavy. Uh, we can't make it through. And this is where our guy goes back to what uh, Papa Bear was talking about before. Like, is his armor like somehow superior because it's newer? Because he just walks out into the middle of I think of it's it. more pure. I think it's more pure so it can sustain more. Well, either way, he just walks right into the middle of it and then tosses those grenade charges into the uh, troopers, and that's how they take him out, which well, is I awesome. Mean, he his is, is, I think his is nice and strong because it's blessed with the Imperial Seal. No, no, no. He had an entire ice cream maker full of Besker. Uh, he did have a Camtone. He did have, yeah, he had the good stuff. Yeah, he had a, a Camtone. So this allows them to take the bridge. And so Mando and Ree and uh, why do I keep calling her uh, Reeves? Her name, well, her name, her is, name Reeves. is Costco Reeves. Costco Reeves. So Mando and Reeves, well, Mando grabs the captain and pulls him out of the captain's chair, and he and Reeves begin to pull the ship out of its dive. And Bo Katan takes the guy, puts a knife to his throat, and um, and she immediately says to him, uh, Where is it? Where? Says, yep, where said, is it? Is it? And he says, uh, does he... Does he have it? Have it. Well, actually, she names it. She says, where's the dark saber? She says it. And is that where she says it? I didn't remember if she yep, said it to him. She, right she yeah. said it. Where is she the dark it. saber? Yeah, she said it by name. Does he have it? And the captain says, if you're asking, you already know the answer. And then he bites down on his magic pill tooth like the old Soviets used to do in the CIA. It's like a cyanide capsule. Yep. It's like a cyanide it's capsule, a but it looked Bond. like a but really it, painful was, cyanide it, capsule. It was like electrical. It's like, <laughs> it here, bite down on this, you're going to electrocute yourself. When you do. <laughs> Not only will you sacrifice yourself for your empire, <laughs> but you will go out you're gonna one who, with a you know, horrible, horrible death. One who flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing going on here. Um, there are two nods, I think, in a weird way to the uh, the book or the movie, I, I imagine, the book Dune by Frank Herbert, D-U-N-E, that they're remaking. Um, one of them is this one. That's how the Duke uh, Leto Atreides goes out. He has a, a tooth with a hidden uh, capsule, suicide capsule in it. Um, the other is, we'll get to in a minute. Um, but anyway, so he, he kills himself because she says, I'll let you live if you tell yeah. me. Yeah, he's like, hail Hydra. <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, but you might let me live, but he won't. And this is obviously a reference to uh, Moff Gideon. Um, which, which implies that Moff Gideon's not just going to kill him, which we've seen Moff Gideon just wipe people out, but Moff Gideon's obviously going to make it even worse for him if he's willing to die now electrocuting himself to, to death <laughs> with his own tooth. So they get control of the ship, they save the ship, yay, mission's over, and Bo-Katan tells the Mandalorian, you want to join us? Um, and he, you know, he, he doesn't, he's quested to, to return the child to the Jedi, so the offer, uh, she, she'll say that the offer still stands, so that whenever he's done with his mission to the Jedi, he can uh, stand, but this is where she gives, like, the information that is, sends us, all us Clone War, or, yeah, Clone Wars lovers, just in the nerd geek, geekdom heaven. 
She says, I know where you'll find one of their kind. At the city of Caladan, which again is another, I think, nod to Dune. If you know the, the Dune book, um, uh, Paul Atreides, the, the Moadib, the, the main character of the whole story of Dune, is from the planet Caladan in their, in their world. But um, she's. Right, I so, need you to pause. Like, is this a safety no, no. word pause? No, no, not a safety word pause. See, Papa Bear, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> I just want to keep going. All right, I need to ask a question before you go into what you're about to say. Please stop doing what that, you, Papa uh, Bear. Oh, no. Because what am I doing? Burping on the microphone. Well, you're pausing, right? No. no, it's not safety word pause. Oh, so we can just go keep... We're still like recording. Go ahead, we're, Tim. What do you got? We're still recording. All right. She says to take the foundling, and I'm not going to finish the sentence because I, I do want that to be its own point. She says, take the foundling to, to the city of Caladan, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get to the et cetera, et cetera in a second. Um, I was interested in the fact that she called the child a foundling. Yeah, that she was um, in on and spoke with that vocabulary. Yeah, so maybe they are doing the same thing as the Death Watch or the That's Watch, what I was wondering. Them. Are they doing the same thing? That's a good point. Did, I didn't does she just that. understand that they're doing that? Like, what's the... Instead of saying, take the kid, take the child, like, she refers to them, to the child as a foundling. And I know that he says it to her earlier in the episode. You know, I know that he, he speaks that out first. Um, but I was just interested in that. Yeah. So so maybe they, she, she even knows, like, about the most recent doings of the, the watch and how important families are to them. Yeah. Um, so, but to finish the sentence, she says, City of Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus. Corvus means, um, crow in Latin, I believe. Corvid. Um, so I don't know if that's significant or not. Know that I like that they refer to planets by their, uh, like, but by their, but I don't like, the, I don't know that I like them describing when they name yeah, it. Yeah, what would they Single call Earth? Biome planets. Yeah. Yes. The ice planet of Hoth. And I'm like, just say Hoth. No, the like, estuary moon of Trask. Yeah. The that's desert big... planet of Tatooine. That's that was a just, big that estuary. Was that was a, that's a picky thing that I just don't like that they do in Star Wars. I, I know well, they do. Well, again, it goes but... back to Papa Bear's point that they are single biomes. Um, what would they call Earth? The multi-faceted uh, planet of Earth. Well, it's like every time they tell you to go somewhere, they're like, dress accordingly. Like, that's maybe. what I feel like they're saying. Like, maybe that's what they're doing. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Anyway. Right, why are they going there? Oh, I mean, I mean that's why the Jedi wear all those slankets. Slankets? Yeah, the Jedi's wear slankets. What's a slanket? It's a, like a It's like a blanket with sleeves. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard it called a slanket. <laughs> I haven't either. Oh, it is. That's a thing, apparently. I've heard it called a, a, a sloke. So she says, go to the plant. And... <laughs> a sloke? A I haven't... sloke. That's like a cloak with, you know, sleeves. It's nope. Um, it is, isn't that's it? like a it nope like with a the nest. She says, go to the city of Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus and find Ahsoka Tano. Yes. So again, for those of us who are Clone Wars lovers, this is like an ultra geek out moment. Because this confirms what we were hoping for the season is that Ahsoka Tano would show up, and it sounds like she probably definitely is. Well, I think we season. we we knew I've heard of her. we knew she was coming, <laughs> but we didn't know you know kind of I, when. I've been avoiding the news. I I knew there were rumors that she was coming, but I've been intentionally avoiding any rumors about whether or not they cast someone or anything because I don't want to know, and I don't want to know now. 
Um, but it sounds like to me she's coming. Yeah. Um, Two hands raised. Two hands raised. Okay, Papa Bear. What you got, baby? So, do you think we're going to see her next episode? Or is it going to be like, oh, we're on our way there, but then suddenly the hyperdrive no, breaks down? I think they're pretty good about it. Even when these episodes are encapsulated like this, they're pretty good about like not holding you in suspense forever. Oh, really? Um, really? Tomorrow really? Morrison? Really? really? Uh, the very first episode had the man had Boba Fett in it. Uh, I think that that's pretty satisfying. That's satisfying. Him just standing there and watching him go away, and then us not seeing him for two episodes. Well, it's not that's like satisfying the, they, to you. The, they're not holding it over our heads. Like, is Boba Fett still alive or not? So yeah, to me, that's that, better that, than that, most shows do. Of course, I'm that used wasn't to, even a Boba Fett. Yeah, it was. Are you talking about season one, episode one? No, I'm talking about season, season two, episode one. Two episode one. one. Oh. That was definitely seen... Boba Fett. Like it's the same actor. There's no doubt about it. That's, yeah, that's Boba Fett. Back... Or was it a clone? The it clone was a clone, it but can't... also Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, that's the same answer. The, well, it could it, be it... just a, a random clone that likes to brush the teeth of Jawas. No, know? I think they're all dead. They're they all too aged, old. Yeah, they age differently. Uh, Boba Fett was the only clone that aged regular, you know, like a regular person. Papa Bear, you should really listen to our show every now and then. Go um, listen to episode 51. <laughs> How long ago was Rebels? Um, I think that just came out a couple years ago. It's over 20 no. years ago. Actually, at this point, it's over 30. It's about 30 years ago at this point. So when does no, that take not, place? That's well, not Luke, that long ago. Luke that's is at least 25 or... Yeah, it's 30 years ago. No. Oh, you're right. Luke was about 10 years old when Rebels took place. Yeah. So it's about twenty years ago, yeah. But anyway, so uh, she says you'll find Ahsoka Tano, and this is where she says this is the way, and seems to mean it. And she says something else to him right here. What? Your bravery, yeah, will not be forgotten. Will not be forgotten. Good point. And that's that's noted. That's huge. Noted. Noted. This is one of those things. It's like we talked about last time. With the New Republic, where he kind of has, you know, a little bit of leeway with the New Republic now. Even though he says, you know, you should be arrested right now. He's like, we recognize that you did these good things and you protected one of ours when you didn't have to. And that kind of gives you a clear for us. And there's a lot of stuff going on, but you clearly aren't just, you know, out there to be bad. You you know, you're a bounty hunter who's making money, but you're not doing terrible things yeah um and, and now as your a, bravery as a, will as not a be fellow mandalorian yeah yeah which I, is I really awesome. like this well she's bo katan dude she's awesome and well and i guess that is her job right now right is recruit yeah. more she's the form so we probably should take a second she's the she's the recruiter she's the military recruiter it's more They're really that. good at this this is what they do <laughs> we need to take a moment and actually talk about who bo katan is because there are some listeners who probably don't know so she's the last the yeah, the last time we saw Bo-Katan was in Rebels, and she was given the Dark Saber, which indicated she was the rightful ruler of Mandalore by um, Sabine Wren. Um, now, Sabine Wren had gotten it from uh, from um, <laughs> Caleb Doom is the only name I can think of. What's, what is his actual name? Kanan Jarrus? Kanan Jarrus had uh, won the Dark Saber, but he's not a Mandalorian, and he gives it to... to um, Ren, who is, Which is a an interesting tie to what what Maul does. Yeah, you know, separate story, but but yeah. So 
in all in all rights according to Mandalorian law, um, Bo-Katan is the heir to the throne of Mandalore. Um, and even like Din Djarin should recognize this if he knew his own history better. Which except that she doesn't what have it. Except well, she, so yeah. by some factions, so she has Mon Gideon to, is and, the ruler of. Yeah, and that's why she says he has something that I have to get back to become so the, he, the ruler. He doesn't of even know it. Oh, he knows. He, he doesn't care. Mandalore is destroyed. I don't know or that he. Dindajar? I don't know that he knows the story of. Oh, Dendejar yeah. might not know. Yeah. No, no, no. I think that's know. not something. In the same way that the Empire is destroying the Jedi, I think that that the. Watch I'd, might be. I'd say y'all are right. Din Djarin probably does not fully understand the the significance of the dark saber. He doesn't even know who Bo-Katan is. That's true. He thinks that the uh, Death Watch is the everything and all of Mandalore, when they're only like a small schism. But all right, we need to wrap this thing up. So uh, so she says, you know, again, your bravery, you can come back. Uh, and then she says very meaningfully, this is the way. As if she's saying that, see how we're working together and we take our helmets off and we trust each other? Um, this is the way. It sounds like she's trying to like kind of break him of his, of his training. Um, what she's doing is she's showing her political savvy. She knows the different factions. She's been trained in it her whole life. She knows... All that stuff, yeah. and she's just you know bringing him into the fold, which oh, yeah. is exactly what she should do. I'd love to see him become more like Bo-Katan, um, and yeah. taking his helmet off. In other words, I'd like to see those those Mandalorians in the middle ground who are good warriors, but they're also more pragmatists, meaning they're not like these crazy zealots who I can't take my helmet off, because I mean that's really just kind of impractical to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, as much as I love the armor, I like Bo-Katan more. Um, yeah, and Cara Dune could become a Mandalorian now. I guess. But anyway, so he literally jumps ship, which was a cool scene. Uh, he jumps off the balcony of the ship and, you know, falls and then engages his jetpack. He flies back to get Baby Yoda, and this is where we already talked about he's playing with the baby frog, and he whines when they're leaving, and, uh, and he says, you know, no, I have enough pets. And now we get back to the ship, uh, the Razor Crest, and it looks absolutely awful. <laughs> and uh, and he goes inside, and he's like, there, there are fishnets everywhere. I thought that was weird. I don't know why like Mon Calamari would feel necessary to put up fishnets, but there are. And he just sent, and all the Mando says is, man, Mon Calamari, unbelievable. I, I don't know if that was fishnet. I think it was just like the seaweed and the, the gunk from... They're like, I'm not cleaning this out. I said I would get it. That's it would fly. You're right. It probably was just from them going underwater. (laughs) But he was. There was a lot of stuff in the in the cockpit and. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's where he says Mon Calamari, unbelievable. But the cockpit was was, the cockpit was sealed and airtight though. There, nothing got in there. It shouldn't have been. Yeah. But the ship is definitely in rough shape, and when it's taking off, it's shaky and it's you know it's unstable. But it does take off, but as he's taking off, we see a, some sort of squid, octopus-type creature crawl out. This was, it was very... the same one that was in his uh, chowder, from the, from the, the chowder. chowder. Yeah, but chowder. This, they make this much more horror story-ish to me. It was bigger. It was bigger. It was clearly, like, hunting the baby, because it had, you know, you saw through its eyes, it had that mini-spectrum eyes, um, as it's looking at the baby, and it's making, like, kind of aggressive noises. And then right before it can jump on the baby, 
Mando just reaches out and crushes it with his hand. And uh, and Baby Yoda giggles when this happens, which is, I think, the first time we've heard him do that. And he hands the, the squid thing to it, and Baby Yoda eats it. And he gives the last line of the episode. He says, I finally know where I'm taking you. And then we see them jump to light speed. And as they jump, a piece of junk falls off the... A piece of the ship falls off and is floating there after they jump. So I really, I, I gotta believe the Razor Crest is on its last legs. Yeah, so they're gonna drag it out next episode. We just watch. They're gonna break down. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't think this show is is bad about dragging things out. No, like, I don't think they're gonna break down. I think, you know, I think they're intentionally. So here's the point, and this this kind of goes back to everything. I think this is a a, a relatively good closing. Um. I don't think that they're they're dragging it out, but they're trying not to make it. There's work involved, you know. He's got to exactly. find his way. He's got to make things happen. Like it'd he be just really like, weird if he all of a sudden just was able to find the Jedi and say, "Here's the baby." I mean, think about it. How often has he been able to go from point A to point B and nothing happened? But that's their point: is that the whole galaxy is in chaos because of the New Republic hasn't risen yet and the Empire hasn't fully fallen yet. Um, that's their whole point. Uh, what do they keep saying? These are trying times. Yep. Yeah, so I, yeah. I I think that that's kind of part of the story, is that you can't go from point A to point B. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, so next episode, they're breaking down on the New Jersey Turnpike, you're telling me. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just get, yeah, Roy Rogers is for dinner, okay? Um, do they have those in New Jersey? Oh, yeah. Every, every, every exit. Nice. Yeah, in their in their middle of the highway, rest stop. Yeah, where they force you, they got a captive audience. See, we're not yeah. from New Jersey. Well, we don't live in New Jersey now, but um, yeah, New Jersey Turnpike has a captive audience. You're not even allowed to pump your own gas. It's so weird. But anyway, um, that's the episode, Cause, man. Because so, that's a pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Okay. Um, anyway, that's the episode. We got anything else about the episode we want to talk about? Any conjectures for next episode? We heard Papa Bear. He thinks they're going to drag it out and not introduce Ahsoka. What do you think, Tim? You think we're going to see Ahsoka next episode? Um, I hope so. I do. If, I Honestly, I would say if we see Ahsoka next episode, it wouldn't surprise me if we see her at the very end and the following episode is is more about her. Yeah, that's, or, that's what I kind of anticipate, too. Or Ahsoka has made a big, you know, something known about herself on this planet, but there's peace on this planet, and she has since moved on, but they, they lead him, you know, they, they're willing to give him information about where she's gone, because um, she may not be just staying here. I This is around the time when she went back for Sabine, and they were supposed to go after Ezra. Mm. I don't... Where do you get that from? It's, the book? It's, no, this was the very end of Rebels. When you got to remember, was, Rebels is 20 years in the past, though. Now, no, 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 no. In the book... No, at the end of Rebels, when Sabine is given her epilogue, she's going through her whole thing, and she talks about Rex, and uh, Rex fighting in the battle of... Um, Yavin or, this, or Endor? Of, of Endor. Okay. And, you know, once, and then she's there, she's waiting, she's protecting, she's watching everything. And then at the very end, you know, like this is, this is supposed to be after the Battle of Endor, 
That's when Ahsoka shows up for her to go off and search for Ezra with her. I forgot about this. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. Now, I don't know... We're six years after those events, but still, that's fairly recent. Right. So that's what I'm... You know, so that's... That's what I was concerned about. I thought it was sooner. I thought these were more in parallel times. No, this is all after Return of the this Jedi. This is six years after Return of the Jedi, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. My my guess would be that we'll see Ahsoka... I like what you said. It'll be like, next episode he's going to try to find her, and then it'll end with him finding her. The same way... Yeah. Anyway, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I hope so, anyway. I can't wait... And I would love, I would love for it to so be. Good. I would love for them to tell. Well, and I guess it doesn't matter. I, it, I don't care because they've never. It's not like they've ever put on an episode where I'm like, "Well, that was a waste of time." Every episode they put on, I've like enjoyed whether it pushed the forward the story, you know, as we call it, forward or not. I've enjoyed every episode. So yeah. even if we don't see Ahsoka next episode, it's not like I'm going to. Be upset, if I probably. wanted, if if I had to leave one episode, there's only one episode that I could, I could fully leave the gunslinger out and not. Mi- but I still like the episode exactly. by itself. Yeah, and that's what you're saying. Like as an episode by itself, I enjoy it. As an it's episode a part of the piece. series, it's fine. Well, Finnick Shannon, that is so good that that makes the episode worth keeping no matter what. Right. No, and I I like it. I, I'm, yeah. And I know that I say that, and I'm not trying to sound like I don't like the episode because I really do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it doesn't even pretend to push the story forward. Like it does, it does nothing. For yeah, the story. literally, just in the last few seconds, it might or might not show something important. Um, and which, which we got, we got more of out of yeah three five seconds in the yep. first episode of this season. So correct. Whatever. All right. So those are kind of our predictions for next episode. I'm excited because the name Ahsoka Tano has now officially been introduced into the live action Star Wars. After being such a huge part of the you know cartoon Star Wars for years, um, and being my daughter's favorite character and one of my favorite characters, I I would list oh, her yeah. in the top five of all time Jedi, and she never officially achieved the rank of Jedi. Um, I gotta tell you this, man. That's been another thing online. People have been like, kind of bashing Ahsoka online recently. What? This girl went toe-to-toe against Grievous when she was, like, 14 years old. She went toe-to-toe against Maul. She went toe-to-toe against Vader. You Um, also have to remember that that people on the internet, they're... Trolls. When they they start typing, it's not that they're trolls. They're trolls. They're just completely mindless sometimes. Yeah. I had one guy that that I was arguing with, and I say I was arguing with, but I wasn't. I was arguing a point... And he kept arguing back the same point, and I kept and I, I specifically stated, "I agree with you. That's what I'm saying." And he would, he would reword my sentence and argue with me. And I was like, "What are you doing?" So then I just stopped talking to him because you're just fighting with a bot, Dan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are. You're I fighting with a robot. All right. Well, I think we call we're... them droids. <laughs> I think we're done. I was. Born. Done. Oh. <laughs> All right, now that's an expression I could get behind. I was born <laughs> done. <laughs> Put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. So are you done? That's I was right. born done. I like that. I'm going to start incorporating that into my daily lexicon. Because I'm the type of guy to say things like lexicon. All right. Um, so anything, any parting words, Papa Bear? Yeah, they're going to be broke down on the Jersey Turnpike eating at a Roy Rogers. 
And getting wait. the gas pumped if that thing will even hold gas. Just just wait till you see Baby Yoda eating that Roy Rogers burger. Roy with Rogers bacon is on delicious. It. I don't know. Are you trying to suggest they're bad? Because they're good. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's not even a traditional Roy Rogers. Tim. It's like, you grab it off the thing, your conveyor belt. It's been sitting there for like, I don't know. Don't care. Tim, you're yes. what uh, some Americans would conventionally call uh, you were born a Yankee. Um, what is that restaurant up north that's supposed to be so good? Um, Horton's? Tim Horton's? Do you know the restaurant? I do. So you it's are a, a Yankee. Tim Horton's is a coffee shop. It's a Canadian-owned oh. um, coffee shop. But is if you're good? from certain parts, the coffee is delicious. It's oh. my, it's oh, my favorite thing. The coffee is delicious. When I, when I visit... Um, Tim Horton's? When I visit certain areas of the north, I buy a... Typically, just buy a Tim Hortons gift card because I'm gonna drink enough coffee there to earn rewards nice. while I'm there. I was driving so. through Michigan and I kept seeing signs for it, and like it, it seems like one of those things. And for those of our listeners who are from the north, you're probably like, of course. But I mean, down in the south, and we're in this kind of south central Atlantic region. Well, um, it depends on where. We don't if have you go to, Tim Hortons. Yeah, if you go to like Massachusetts, like it the whole the America runs on Duncan slogan yeah that thing might have started in massachusetts because i'll tell you what massachusetts oh, I, they have them in Duncan. boston that's for sure yeah yeah they're all um, over boston because down here we have the krispy kreme um well, we have we have just as many we have more duncan here than we have krispy kreme I we think. do duncan's in, really in, but only in the last few years a few years ago we didn't have any duncan's around here yeah um, this is the start of the donut wars anyway Who's gonna sponsor <laughs> Oh, and I'm, I'm telling you guys... Our communications I, have failed. You, that can only mean thing. invasion. I've watched Tim Hortons... Okay. ...drive uh, out Starbucks from areas. Nice. You know, like... Uh, can we go now? <laughs> I've watched <laughs> Tim Hortons. What? I'm just saying. All right, hey. Let's see if you can answer this. Okay. May the force be with you. And also, and with, also you. with you. Yeah, yeah, we did it. It's official now. Uh, and also ah. with you. Remember, the force will be with you always. We're not there and yet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tim. And I am Jim. And I'm and that's, Bear? Yeah, and this yeah. has been... Our... Our... Certain point of, point of view. We have spoken. This is the way. This, this is, is the way. way. And remember, uh, remember if, you, if you break it, you buy it. The force will be with you. When? Always. Um, and also with you. Goodbye, Goodbye everyone. Goodbye there. Audio once.